Blog Talk Radio. That's where I'm at. 
<laughs> so I'm going to do that, take me a little break, and then i got to fill out some other things going on in my world. So you guys, if you don't see the show for a couple of weeks, unless something happens, uh, you guys can go through the archives. There's plenty of that. Let me chow this. Plenty there to laugh at, okay, and <laughs> talk about, okay? So uh, we're going to talk about, um, oh, we're going to talk about, uh, I, last night I was listening to Tasha K because I was trying to catch up on some Tasha K's I did miss. And if you guys, I like Tasha K. She comes on YouTube, um, a YouTube channel. But she was talking about something about Beyonce and Adidas. I was like, what? So we're going to have to talk about that in a little bit. I'm going to talk about it when I talk about the NAACP. I'll merge it all in together. But I knew some shit was suspicious with that Adidas. I'll just say that. that it's alleged news, okay? It's alleged tea dropped, all right? But we'll talk about that and more. And then what else? Um, we wanted to talk about uh, Christy Teejan. I didn't get to talk about that quitting Twitter. Okay, so, <laughs> some people was really... <laughs> Some people was really coming for Christy, okay? Listen, I like Christy Teejan. I always did. I liked her before. I think she she was kind of, was she married, or when she first got married to John, John um, listen, I always kind of liked her. She's funny to me. She's. I think people take her the wrong way, you know, but there, I do see some things, some traits where you go, ooh, but I just actually think people just really probably don't really get her brand of humor or, you know, her whole thing. Uh, but we're going to talk about that more. I'm going to go on a break, give y'all a chance to grab y'all snacks and y'all chips and all that, which I do with y'all, whatever y'all do, y'all listen or clean or whatever. <laughs> and when I come back, we're going to talk about the NAACP Awards, our bank perform, Maxwell, and we're going to talk about, oh, who else performed? Jasmine Sullivan performed. Y'all know how I feel about Jasmine Sullivan, okay? I've kind of said mixed, I've had mixed things on here to say about Jasmine Sullivan. Early in her career, I did not like a lot of the songs. I thought her voice was beautiful. I I did I love the song uh that was the the mate remake of um kind of where she used the background for the um Ready or Not. I love that song. There is something though about Jasmine Sullivan. I know y'all all like that song cuz she got all the you know the the words that girls say when they breaking up, get your stuff and leave all that stuff. But I something of I don't know. I love her voice, but I, I tend to, like, her music, I, I tend to be like, mm, oh, okay. Because, like, I, I always tell everybody I'm a traditional pop. I lo- well, No, it's not even a pop. I love a good song, like a, a classic song, like with a hook and a chorus <laughs> and a, a verse, <laughs> a hook or, or a chorus and a bridge. And, you know, they just don't write like, you know, like, they just don't write. I love, I love, I know that's the, the modern-day lyrics, and I like the lyrics to her song, but it's just, I'm more paying attention to the lyrics of it, the the uh, sensationalism of the song, than I am liking the song. Like, if you just had a breakup, that shit would be like, yeah, you, you could put it on and everything, but it doesn't give me, like, the great songs of the world. Like, I was listening to the other day, because I'm a big old-school person. I'm an old-soul and sometimes I, I I like I listen to all kinds of music, but sometimes I um, I get caught up in my own like playlist. I have like several songs I just love, love, love. And I was listening to uh, uh, one of my favorite songs by Patty Austin and James Ingram, "Baby Come to Me." And I was just like, God, the lyrics are so. Dope. I mean, like that's just a great song. 
like how it starts off, like the like the beginning just you can feel like a story is getting ready to come, you know, and then it's like thinking back in time when love was only in my mind, I realized, oh my God, ain't no second chance. You gotta hold on to romance, don't let it slide. <gasps> oh my God! And then you know, then they then they come in with there's a second there's a what special kind of magic in the air. When you find another heart that needs to share, and then it's like, baby, come to oh, the chorus, come on. Oh, that's a great song. Those are, I, I like, I love big songs like that. Oh, I, lo- I was like, damn, this is a good, this is a great-ass song. Like, it's just a classic great-ass song. I love that shit, shit like that. I really do. <laughs> that's me. So Jasmine Sullivan. I love the lyrics for sensationalism purpose, but I don't tend to like her, her songs. And she has a beautiful voice, no denying her voice. Oh, my goodness, gorgeous. But, yeah, I just, I don't know, I can't get into it, but she's beautiful. She looks beautiful. She looks stunning. We'll talk about all that uh, from the NAACP Awards. And I just have to say something for the NAACP, you know. I'll talk about it when I get back. You know, when I was young, I was you know I was VP of AXO in my in my uh, in my hometown for like a year, couple of years maybe. I know I was in the in, in NAACP AXO. Yeah, that's the chat, the kids, young people's version of NAACP. It's the NAACP with young members. I want to say some things that's not going to be so nice. I know. I know. Leave me here to be the bold one. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> it's something to say about organizations that black people tend to not fund themselves. And I, I had a, I had, I had this discussion with someone, and I just, I, I, can't, I couldn't help but thinking, like, you know. That black America, and this is what I'm going to leave you with the thought before we go to break. This is the thought I'm going to leave you with. That black America, that our biggest, maybe huge problem is that we, and I said this week, I said, you know, this is what, this is sidebar, but I said this week I wanted to read because after having this discussion, I was like, you know, I want to read Deuteronomy again because I love I love the Old Testament. It's my favorite, it's my favorite uh, part of the Bible. I love the Old Testament. And I specifically love the stories about the children of Israel. The children of Israel just crack me up. Uh, <laughs> they just crazy as hell. But I was like, you know, black people, maybe the problem with us is that we carry the mentality, native black America, from slavery. Like we are always looking for other people to come in and fund our thing, and that's why we're held prisoner by them. Political-wise, uh, thought-wise, because you, you, there's no, like Nick Cannon, the Nick Cannon situation. Nick Cannon, he, if he was, if he, he couldn't do anything because there was no, there is no black person in America or no black channel in America that could have bought a contract, for, bought a contract, uh, bought, helped buy Wild Now, out, maybe MTV out of Wild Now, and, Signed up Nick maybe on their station because we don't have any, <laughs> and it's like, damn, how could we expect? 
I mean, you know, we're the, one of the biggest communities where our money bounces. Like everybody else in the community, their money bounces within the community. And I love uh, Poweronomics. Um, oh, what was his name? Uh, Dr. Claude Anderson spoke about this years ago. Black people are the only community where our money bounces outside of it several times. And this is, and so at some point, do we look at these organizations and say, "Who the, what the fuck have y'all been doing all these years?" Oh man, it's gonna go bad, huh? <laughs> all right. So when I get back, we're gonna have this discuss. I'm gonna have this talk, and we're gonna talk about the. I'm gonna talk about the NAACP awards and my thoughts on the NAACP awards. And more. Meanwhile, I'm going to start the show off with, um, let's see, what are we going to do? Okay. We're going to start out, I love this one. This is a, a blues song. I love it by, um, uh, what is, who is this by? Love and Life, I think by um, Lynn. I forget it. Lynn. I'll have the name when I come back. God, I don't have the name up. All right, but Love and Life, that's what we're going to play, and I'll be back in a moment, okay? You know, life will sure take you through ups and downs, but you have to take the bitter with the sweet. You see, I've had my share of heartaches and pain, but I'm blessed to say that I'm still standing here strong. I've learned to find a lesson and happiness in every situation. My mama always told me everything that looks good to you is not always good for you. Now, one more thing. Before you try to love someone, make sure you love yourself. I sure love me some me.
for the very best in government, politics, celebrity entertainment, music news. Tune into the Carlotta Chatwood Show right here on Block Talk Radio. All right, that was uh, Mark Morrison with Return of the Mac, a little old school for y'all. And before that, that was Liza. Okay, so I, I love that, living life, all right? All right, so we're going to talk about, I'm going to tell you guys my thoughts, too, on the voter, the Georgia voter thing. And, um, wow, I have mixed feelings. I know I'm always going to say something crazy, okay? It's not going to be black and white completely, okay? Um, But let me get to the NAACP awards. The NAACP, uh, let's just say the last several years I have not been a handy camper about the organization itself, okay? But, uh, and... Part of the reason for that is because I just feel like it's uh, when, and this is my personal opinion, okay, that uh, we have, as black people, we have lost, uh, we, uh, we have never had control of our uh, organizations and our, our um, and our our groups and things like that, and that's why they're so easily controlled, so easily manipulated, so easily geared towards um, towards uh, things that might not not in, in towards not understanding the um, not understanding the group or the people it started from from the first place. Okay, from the beginning, and. Uh, my criticism of organizations like NAACP is that, well, you know what, it's really a criticism of ourselves because I feel like this, and this is what, you know, I was talking about this on, kind of on when I was I did an interview, if you guys didn't get a chance to see it. I talked about my weight loss journey this week, and I was talking uh, to Sarah Jane Fitness, right, and she one of the questions, one of the questions we were talking about, uh, you know, the weight loss journey, and I said one of the reasons I got her, I was just talking about, you know, putting, investing, putting my money also helped me want to move more, work out more, you know, and stuff like that because I was investing my money into something, right? And so there was more care inside of it because I'm personally invested. And I, maybe that is what I'm seeing more and more probably in our community. And while I know our community struggles at the core, with a, we have a lot of poverty and we have an impoverished community, you know, the core of African, Native Black America, a lot of it is, um, you know, you have po- poverty in, in, the, in a lot of parts. And the thing about it is if we don't think about investing in ourselves, there's no way we're going to always be a controlled community. We're always going to be a controlled fraction. You know, we're going to, and I know everybody is controlled by somebody because people go to work. You know, you're not controlled, but you all, everybody has a responsibility to somebody. But it is something about investing in your in the community, investing in themselves and having a responsibility to each other. And so no wonder it is so easy to come in 
and ravaged this community and so and exploited in so many different ways. And we have seen the exploitation of Black America not only by the organizations that are at the top of these uh, 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 Black America, but we've seen uh, Black America flounder. I mean, it is an it's an indictment against NAACP. It's an indictment against Urban League. It's an indictment against all of us when we have uh, a wealth gap up out here. And it took two people. It wasn't the regular top tier that was talking about the wealth gap, top tier, uh, the people they put in charge, the boule or whatever y'all want to call it. It was Yvette Cornell and Antonio Moore, and then, you know, you got other people like Jason Black. You had people like... Uh, uh, who made uh, Jason Black? Who made the uh, documentary 7 a.m.? You got Dr. Claude Anderson, who had been talking for years, years. I'm talking about years, years, years. Dr. Claude more than anybody, okay? And um, you got Boyce Watkins out here, Dr. Uh, you got him that's been talking about it for years, um, uh, the problems in the community and stuff. So it is an indictment against these big organizations when you are looking at a community that is threatened to be uh, broke by 2000, at least 2040, and that has has the biggest wealth gap in today's time, it almost seems like, what you having a war show for? Like, really? I mean, what you celebrating? Serious. And I understand that award shows bring in more money and stuff like that, or they spend more money, I don't know. And they're celebrating black excellence because a lot of these black celebrities, you know, sometimes they won't get get celebrated on other platforms. But now I don't even know if they should be celebrated that much. Because what we got with most of black celebrity, not all of black celebrity, but most of black celebrity is a bunch of narcs who have sold their souls, okay? So not all of them, but there's a lot of them. Okay, and so I I just wonder, like, can we get back to being about the work? Because maybe that's why black people, when they when you go down in the grassroots of things, and you hear NAACP black people like, oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's not uh, it doesn't trigger anything anymore, like it used to. And I'm wondering if the reason it's losing its power in the community. Is because one, we don't invest in self. There's a lot of other groups that invest into the NAACP, and therefore their agendas for the black community becomes the black community's agenda, and that's unfortunate. And I think that maybe y'all shouldn't be having a war show celebrating when you're looking at a community, your community, who's been here from slavery, from slavery into through Jim Crow. I mean, through a failed reconstruction, through Jim Crow till now, where the where we got the wealth gap problem, the last thing you should be doing is celebrating pretend black excellence. We probably need to call it the decadent veil, like Antonio Moore says. <laughs> Celebration of the decadent veil because celebrities mask what really is going on in black America. And it's so unfortunate to watch any kind of celebration when you got a community out here struggling in several ways. And it's hard to watch any organization that kind of 
I know NAACP NAACP is supposed to be non political, but is I mean non I mean non I think it's I think I'm not for sure. It's not supposed to be politically affiliated, have a political affiliations, but it's definitely affiliated to the Democratic Party. It's no doubt. Okay, and that's because black people have voted Democrats mostly, but I think it needs to expand itself to go beyond just black Democratic Party. NAACP needs to stand as a beacon for black folks. And if it ain't no beacon for black people, specifically Native Black America, then what are you? What was your, what was your purpose in the first place? What do we build you up for? Why? Why are you here? I mean, Rachel Dolezal was head of one of them. When she when she head of which one was Rachel Dolezal? <sighs> okay, y'all like Carlotta. Okay, I had to say that first before I get into the award show. Yes, I love the pop culture side of it. I like celebrity too. I talk about it on here. Woohoo. Okay? But I have to say that because I don't see what you're celebrating when you have a community that is literally on the edge and impoverished and there's nothing to celebrate right now. You got police brutality, you got all these things and what are you celebrating? Black excellence? Uh, celebrities? Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> right? So, anyway, y'all see a dang collada now. I don't know if I want to hear about the. <laughs> now, we're going to talk about the NAACP Awards, okay? But shout out to the people who put it together, okay? I, can, I ain't dissing y'all, whatever. It gives you jobs. I'm excited about that. One of uh, the people, I, 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 there's a person I know works for that group, that group, and I'm completely, uh, uh, I, I believe they have, a, 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 they have complete honor in doing so. It's just that when I look at the organization of itself, I find it to be a tool of other groups, and that's because we don't, that, and that's our fault because we, we fail to invest in ourselves, and so organizations like NAACP, organizations like uh, Urban League, and then they, they've been, they've been long gone because black people. We have become, we're a community that is stuck in our slave, you know, our, our ancestral, um, our ancestral's mind, uh, mindset. And they couldn't help to think like that because they had to think like that to survive. But the slave mentality is continuing today, even in our organization, where we are, we're failing to invest in self. And so, and when black people have invested, they've seen these organizations leave them in the dust. So it may be, so uh, now it's NAACP is up here doing everybody's bit. I don't know, <laughs> but it's forgotten about the people that it started for. In my opinion, it's done, it does traditional things that um, you know white liberal America wants it to do. You know, black black voter registration. I'm gonna get to that stuff too, and all that because I think we got bigger fish to fry. I said it. You got bigger fish to fry. And you know, just maybe, just maybe, just maybe, Black America has been betrayed by its traditional Black leaders. Just maybe. Just maybe. But let's get into the NAACP awards, okay? Um. Uh, 
I talked about Jasmine Sullivan a little bit. Uh, the awards winner complete list. I think Eddie Murphy was on. Um, here's the kicker. Beyonce won four NAACP Image Awards this year more than anyone else. Oh, Jesus, if you think that wasn't set up. I, I say the fix is in, okay? <laughs> and it, I know y'all like, I know y'all, I know the Beehive gets angry with me. I know everybody gets mad. But listen, here's my thing. It's not it's not personal. It is very much though, uh can I say uh I don't know what I should have I shouldn't say personal, but it's very much a business it's a business. No, it's very much her career and how it's built. And let me just say why I come hard on her so much, okay? Because she like I said, she's the most overhyped artist in history and her thing is to win awards. To prove to you, I call her the insecure queen. I call her and her husband insecure queen and king. It is to prove to you that they are the greatest. So it, it, the work isn't, to me, here's my personal opinion, great performer, okay? But the work isn't put into the music very hard. The work isn't put into the, you know, it's always an aim. Like the aim is, like when I said when she made Spirit, in my personal opinion, it was let's make a song. Not let's make a great song. Let's make a song that we uh, we try to put in for the Oscar, so you can get an Oscar. It's not let's make a great song for this movie soundtrack I'm doing. Let's just make a great song. Don't think about no awards. But everything behind Beyonce is she needs. You talk about validation. This is the artist that needs validation because she doesn't or her people don't believe in her. And so what they've done is they've set out with her. They've done her a disservice. And I'm the only one that's going to be telling the truth out here, okay? They've done her a disservice. It's a few of us that tell the truth, but y'all be getting mad. They've done her a disservice by building her up, great performer, good singer, I mean, but they built her up so, but they forgot to give her the substance, which is a great catalog of music. Yes, she has some good pop songs, a couple of great ones, but not a great catalog. It's okay. And I've said this time and time again, but that's partly because her aim has always been for the moment. Her aim is, she's a mass-produced artist. Her aim has always been to, it's, it's sort of like, I want to be Michael Jackson, but I don't want to put in the work like Michael Jackson. <laughs> I don't want to have a great catalog of music like Michael Jackson. My aim is to make you believe I've done the work. And it's so contrived with her. It's contrived. It's contrived. It's contrived. Just like they saying about Adidas, allegedly. Like Tasha Kay is, was reporting about Adidas, that Adidas may be dropping her. The rumors are on the street. The bugs on the street. Now we're going to see articles that say, Adidas isn't dropping it. But I, I'm with Tasha K. that when she's, I just thought about this a couple of weeks ago, how you never see anybody wearing this stuff. <laughs> like this. You never see people wearing uh, 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 Adidas. Ivy Park. I'm sure it's a couple of y'all got some shoes, but I have never seen that like that and like she was, Tasha Kay was saying, uh, you know, and I agree with her on this, that uh, um, uh, how can I say this? 
that it's a it's what well, Tasha K said it was a it's more of a statement piece, and I can agree with that because it's kind of weird. The clothing is kind of weird, but I don't believe. I never believed the two second thing, the two minute thing, and all she does is show celebrities in her clothes. That's all we see in the in the clothes is celebrities. So I believe that the whole thing when we go, you go online and you try to buy something. Because most of the lines are kind of, they've been okay. There's been one, that, the first one was very ugly. But the, the the rest of them have been okay, but not, I mean, the, if the money, how much they've been, you know, how much it's been costing and stuff, I, I didn't believe the hype. And I wasn't sure, and I couldn't prove the hype, but what she's saying I believe may be happening. They may be dropping her because it's not selling like that. <laughs> and that's what I mean. A contrived artist. Just let's make it look. It's like you see a certain thing, but that's not really actually what you get. <laughs> I had to make the beehive happy, but I'd be mad today. Okay, but it says you know, Eddie Murphy received the Hall of Fame award during the primetime telecast, the 52nd annual NAACP Awards, which is aired on CBS. And let me get Beyonce won more than uh, anyone else. And I think it was two. For her, Beyonce won four NAACP awards this year, more than anyone else. That was partly because of Megan Thee Stallion, okay, at whom songs she did not hardly promote that much. I saw, did I see Messina promoting more than her? I mean, poor Megan, let me just say this to Megan Thee Stallion. Megan Thee Stallion has worked her ass off on this song, okay, she worked, and my only sad part for Megan Thee Stallion is that she has to be signed to Rock Nation, but I digress. Megan Thee Stallion has worked her ass off promoting that savage. She's done award shows by her, and people say, well, Beyonce ain't got to promote it because she's Beyonce. Nah, bitch, you're part of the sun. You need to be out here helping. That's your husband's artist or y'all artists together. You need to be out here dancing and and, and, and shaking your ass too, okay? But be but Megan has been on every award show since last year, virtually, literally shaking her ass by herself, dancing to Beyonce's part when Beyonce ain't there. And I'm like, this this house ain't wanted to promote this song. It was true, I believe, what Tasha K was singing back in the day, saying that she dropped the news that allegedly she didn't want the song dropped. It accidentally got dropped. I believe the story. Okay, uh, alleged. Now here is the thing. She has not done anything to promote it. How you gonna? How you be getting awards for? It's, but that's how it go because she is on the song, and part of it is you know the hype is Beyonce being on the song. But you haven't done the work to promote it. And if I'm making the stallion, I'd be I would stop kissing your ass if you didn't help me promote that damn song. I'd be nice in person, be like yes, I'd like to thank Beyonce, but that's all I say. You know, that is it's, it's the energy of her. It's the energy of that. Like. Like, I'm too good. Like, you put your ass on the song, though, but you don't want to promote it. Okay. And then NAACP giving that, her that for that black parade, and that's that's contrived, too, because right in the middle of when they telling you to buy a black business and everything, here her ass come with black parade, a terrible song, by the way. I'll say it again. Wasn't nobody hardly playing it that much. I didn't hear it that much. But it gets a, it's it's not about making great songs. It's like, just let me put out something so I can get with the program. And that is what I cannot stand. 
I cannot say it's a, there is nothing I don't know. I'm going to be honest. I have a, a, a the artist, what I like most about Beyonce, what I love about Beyonce is when she, she's in her talking shit lane. I've said that a number of times. I think that's her lane. But here's the thing as an artist. I don't feel any connection to her whatsoever. I mean, like, any any connection, I don't feel that she connects any. We don't know who she is. That's what basically it, it, basically it is. I feel like we know who she pretends to be as an artist, but the reason why she tries to jump in so many lanes is because, really, she, her aim was to be just the biggest pop star in the world by any means necessary. I can put out a... By you know just by any she and hope great and it's great for her she came along in a time where music didn't matter that much so that's how she gets away with a lot of shit music doesn't matter that much her perform it's how what you do on stage that matters so she's put all her work into performance and her people have pushed did all her work into pushing lackluster music. And then she tries when she when people criticize her for it, then she tries to jump over in another lane or somebody else's lane to prove the seriousness of her. When you're like, no, you, there is no heart connection, right? The only time I do feel a heart connection really from her is on songs like, like the fir- the first two albums I thought were excellent. I didn't think B Day was that good where it should have won five awards, but B Day is one of my favorite albums. I did I think it should have won five? Yeah. Um, it's just, there's an unknown, there's this factor, there's this rope, there's nothing, uh, there's like a blank canvas there. It's there, it's there, but, you know, I don't understand. It, it, it's, its main purpose is to hype. It's like the, it's a machine. She really is, uh, when she dressed up as uh, Marie, Marie Antoinette, I kind of really feel that. <laughs> I kind of feel that was perfect. Queen of <laughs> Okay, but yeah, NAACP Awards, the most nominated artist in history is Beyonce. As the most awards given is Beyonce. Like Michael Jackson, Janet Jackson, uh, I mean, Prince and you. Uh, seriously, the most. <laughs> it's crazy. It's the craziest shit. You know it's crazy, Mm-mm. but she won four. Okay, uh, it says Chloe and Haley uh, also won. I think uh, they won two each. Okay, I think um, and John Baptiste and Marci Martin, and I like her. Let me just say this. Okay, I like Marcy. What's her name? Marcy Martin? Is it Marcy? Marseille? I don't know. Martin. Girl from Blackish, okay, the fix is in too. I mean, I like the girl from Blackish, but listen, they have, you know, remember they were pushing the other girl, and I actually think she's the funniest one, that little girl. But she was, especially when she was little. Marseille, she was selling Blackish for her little part. Her and that other little boy, the little boy, they got such a good dynamic. They were, the, they were really humorous. They were part, a big part of that humor. That other little girl, they was pushing a lot. Who they gave the other show to? They were ex. They were really big time pushing her. But this little girl, only thing I didn't like about her is that when she showed up on the cover, S is with her eye covered, they all do that. I don't know if they, y'all got some little fraternity or something out there? That's when, you, when you cover your one eye, you start to blow up. <laughs> or your time is coming. Is it a promise? 
our time is coming. Like we joined the cult of one eyes. I mean, even even y'all get mad this week because even what's his name, which I'm talking about, Lil Nas X. After I talk about NAACP, I'm talking about him again. But Lil Nas X had his little demon shoe. Is that really a shoe by Nike with the Pentagon and the and he had his little shoe up covering his eyes? <laughs> He might have been going through what was the, most of the uh, people out here who believe in the uh, celebrity uh, Illuminati are the celebrity is controlled by the Illuminati, probably more than likely the other way around. I mean, the celebrity is controlled by it, if there is such a thing. But those of you who believe that are probably saying that his video was a ritual or something. <laughs> it was something, okay? But I don't know if they just had the one I think because she was on the cover like of Digital Essence, the kids are part of, or I think that's something like they were trying to start. And she was like covering her eye and stuff. It was so weird. I was like, do the photographers, do the photographers just tell them to do that? <laughs> but it was crazy. But congratulations to her. I do think that uh, it's good that she's winning more, and she's definitely being pushed. Uh, I'm glad Chloe and Haley finally got two. But to me, Chloe and Haley deserve to be the most nominated of the night. I think their album was great. I think that uh, their uh, mentor has been pushing herself and hasn't taken. See, that's why I don't give her. You know, she's probably she probably has nothing to do. See, for me, it's important that when you're when you're producing artists or something, when you claim yourself, you're introducing artists to the world. Has has and I know that's not it's out of style nowadays or whatever to do. But when you're introducing artists to the world, if even if you're not the producer on songs or if you're not this and that, it's important that you take an interest in their career because they are working for you. So I I find her so just unbelievably like I like when when they're out when like every time they had a, if they every time they had a video I'd have them on my website like that video or I'd be saying something to encourage them or something like that but the the energy is so that I can't let y'all get over me it's so it's so terrible I like I can't take a, I can't take a break even when I'm taking a break damn they really are wrapped up ain't they so it, I'm glad they won too. At least they won. They didn't get embarrassed like at the Grammys when they should have won. The Grammys they should have been the nine nomination women, young ladies. They should have been the nine nomination. My personal opinion is those young ladies uh, are just you know those young. Hey, I don't know what to do. Let me just say this. <laughs> I'm about to say something I probably should. I don't know if the deal with the Live Nation people is to be like, y'all be the face and we uh, and we will put y'all out there as long as we can. <laughs> I'm talking shit today. I don't know what it is, but to dog these girls, to these girls finally get a great album, and they don't hardly get nominated. Instead, some shit like Black Parade. I mean, what was the Black Parade? It was a shitty song. The the concept wasn't shitty. But it was a shitty song put out too fast, in my opinion. It gets uh, gets celebrated. Meg deserved her too. Meg is put in work too. Okay. So yeah, y'all know how I feel. I'm gonna say something when she becomes the most nominated. That's her thing this year. See, that's part of. That's what they want to do. Just put that. Um, put that title underneath her. Most nominated for this. I actually saw Miss Tina put up something like where she was most nominated for Soul Train, most nominated for this, most nominated for that. That's their thing. 
The thing is to put, I'm the most nominated, I'm the most this. But you ain't the best in the music, though. You just a hyped-up artist that put a lot of money fucking behind. And the crack is showing, and when it starts to show, you overhype yourself more. <laughs> oh. I would say to Beyonce, next time make a great album without thinking it through. I don't know if she can do it. Like make a like four was a great album. Four was good. It was decent. No, I won't say great. It was decent. It's one of my favorites. But she needs to make an album without thinking. Like being she can't though because she's a mass produced artist. Everything has to be a hit. Everything she doesn't know how to go in and just let it flow. Like, you know, some artists, like, you got some artists, artists, like, you got some people who, and I won't say no names, but you know those eclectic artists that go in. Now, their problem is they too far over. They just say, let's just go in and let it flow, <laughs> right? They might be high, anything. Let's just, we're going to record what comes to us because it's from the the heavenlies, <laughs> you know, whatever, like, the, you know, and, and sometimes they too far out and they don't concentrate on, you know, uh, the dynamics of the business part of it, you know, and the uh, and to make a great song, okay? But then you got artists like Beyonce who are mass producing that, in my opinion, all they do is think about how do we uh, pay this money back that they they got invested in us. And that's all they do. And it ends up, they end up making work that's okay and they have to promote it they, then they end up more and more entrenched because what happens is those type of artists end up making an okay album, and so the record companies really in their head, they know they really it's really crap, but they'll promote it like it's the best thing since smoking bread. They'll have um, people like Gail King on CBS in the morning talking about, you know, that new Beyonce song, oh, everything Beyonce does is just great. Oh, blah, 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 blah. They'll just put talking points out for everybody so they'll make you think it's the greatest album ever. Because, <laughs> you know, and then they all that happens with artists like Beyonce is they get more entrenched into a system because those people have to come back. Those people have to overly invest in that publicity and that hype. Beyonce is paying Every bit, for every bit of that hype. That's why that bitch never could sit down the first several years of her career, because she is paying for hype. Her investors have hyped her ass up, and if she would just sit her little ass down and make a great album and stop thinking about how she's going to turn over uh, the recruitment money and shit. <laughs> she passed the recruitment money, the uh, the Live Nation deals and the, uh, the Rock Nation deals. <laughs> Let me quit talking shit. <laughs> Yeah, maybe you can make them pay, pay them back a little bit. Shit. Okay, I said too much. Clearly, this is a Achilles heel with me. <laughs> but y'all know what I mean, okay? Just make a great album, girl. Next time, just relax. You got enough money from all these deals. I know y'all had a little bit of a fire sale it looked like this year it looked like allegedly it looked like a fire sale to me this year but you got enough to chill and just make a good album but i don't know if you really can make one because that might be the thing they they trained you to be a pop star but they didn't train you and here's the thing i think beyonce is really an artist in terms of 
in terms of there's some deeper things in her. I really do believe that. I do believe that she can. She is capable of making great. There are some great albums and some great songs by Beyonce, okay? But she just has never been capable of her height, and I believe that's because the the people that are surrounding her don't believe in her in terms of 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 being a great artist. They just say, "Hey, little little Beyonce, just be a great pop star and perform <laughs> and do these songs." that we want you to do, and we'll make sure you get publishing, okay? Okay, just get your ass out there and dance and act like you and Jay-Z, you know, on the run. <laughs> right? But but I really believe there's a deeper artist, but because she's been trained to go in this way, you, she can't, she, it's hard for her to bring it out. Whereas Solange, she can be the other creator side because the pressure is not on Solange to be this overhyped pop star. Solange is simply, you know, now the pressure's on Beyonce. Solange, I've always thought to be something entirely different. That's why she's went over into neo-soul music and, and, and blackness, I believe, in my personal opinion, is because she's trying to outrun that Beyonce shadow, and so she's trying to do something so different and unique. She's able to find herself because it's sort of like the Prince Harry, Megan and Prince Harry, you know, Prince Harry is able to, run off to America and give up his stuff, but William's up there stuck. Like he said, his William's stuck in the system because, you know, if you're not the, if you're not going to be king, you got a little bit more time to fuck around, right? <laughs> Do whatever the hell you want. You can marry the black girl because you ain't going to be king. <laughs> so Beyonce is the same thing. You know, Beyonce is queen of the uh, of the pop, uh, overhyped pop world, so she's got to worry and she don't have, she can't be as creative has Solange. And so that, you know, Solange tries to run far away. But then what then what happens is Beyonce ends up trying to compete against that because then she hears people saying she can't be so deep. So then she goes to the extreme and tries to make something like the gift. Like the gift. And what she can't accept is that she's been tied up into a system, and it's really hard to break that system now because they've created her a certain way. And so it's hard for her to go to Sony or to pre her and say, hey, Beyonce wants to do an album that's just like, you know, she really wants to just focus on doing something really great. And what's that? What does Beyonce want to do that's really great? <laughs> Like you know, they like fuck that. We already got a we got a system set up for her. Tell her to get her ass in here and do this system, <laughs> right? And when she does want to do something really great, it ends up fucked up like the gift, and they end up repackaging it like a hundred times and overhyping it. <laughs> I'm gonna quit talking. I'm telling too much truth today. I'm gonna stop. Okay, back to the NAACP awards. Okay. That's my thought on her. Y'all got to quit overhyping her because it's hurting her in some ways because now she's trapped and she can't, the real Beyonce can't stand up. She don't, she like, she's been trapped in pop star world. She don't really know. And winning R&B things that she can, you know what, I think she kind of, kind of, I think she kind of, she kind of, I think she kind of knows it because I, I saw her face when she was up there Standing on stage, she's a Scorpio moon. She can feel herself shit, her shit out. She was standing up on stage next to Megan, and Megan was hyping her. She's like, huh? she was smiling, but you could see in her face like she was looking like, she was like, damn, this the new bitch. 
not only is she digging that, but she's thinking competitively wise because that's how they taught her. But at the same time, she's thinking, do I deserve all of this? Like when he stopped and said, hold up, hold up. Beyonce just won the record. You could see her face. It was like, it wasn't because she didn't like, she doesn't like surprises. I know most of our girls don't like surprises. So what? Not that. It wasn't that. It was because she was like thinking there like, oh, my God. Do I deserve this hype? Is this really me? Where the fuck am I at? And she's getting ready to head to her mid, the middle, midlife years. Oh, shit. Right? Can I find myself and still be and live up to this hype that they've hyped me up to be? Right? How do I find myself out of this fucking maze? That's where I'm about to leave Beyonce's at. Nobody can tell me any fucking different. I just see that you can post as many fucking things you want to. <laughs> I believe Beyonce is is at a point in her career where she's fucked up right now. She's knowing that she's overhyped, and she knows that her team does not believe in her ass, that they've been tying her into deals upon deals upon deals that she simply can't live up to without them hyping her up. Yeah, I finished for the day. Beehive, I'm checking into the Ramada Inn. <laughs> now, what would be my advice? My advice is focus on Chloe and Haley. Focus on other artists for a little bit. Show that you're an unselfish pop star. Start thinking about others. Do get your ass out of your bubble and, and, and let's see you have some fun. Let's see you find, let's see who the authentic Beyonce is and if she's bold enough to stand up. Now, I can't, I'm, I'm still talking shit to a Scorpio moon now. They, they'll show up. <laughs> right? And so I, 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 that's what I would love to see of her. I love to see the stop the selfish shit. Go out to a worship where you ain't nominated, and it's Chloe and Haley just to sit in the audience and be like, "Yay, Chloe and Haley, woohoo!" Go and spend some time promoting other people. Shit, yeah, she does it sometimes every blue moon. When you know when they did that, when that when that struggle Kelly Rowland promotion, because <laughs> she felt guilty because she was putting out a song the next week. Remember when Kelly Rowland had called me out, and she she knew they would get ready to drop that savage on her ass, so she was like, she promoted Kelly, uh, she put put Kelly up there, because <laughs> they probably told her we got a job, savage. Sorry, no, you can't drop it. Kelly's out here. Everybody thinks I'm a I'm a bad. I I, I do this to Kelly. It's savage is dropping. Just, just put coffee up and promote it. She knew coffee didn't stand a fucking chance. <laughs>
<laughs> anyway, D Nice took home took the award for Entertainer of the Year, which I agree with. Okay. Now let me just say this, D Nice. I don't know who the fuck is behind your shit. Okay. But ever since I don't know who the fuck started you to. I don't believe it was an incident, like an accident that D Nice just started DJing one night on <laughs> during the quarantine. Wasn't it somebody promoting him? It was like the who or something. I don't know who it was. I don't know who put the money behind him. But D-Nice, you do deserve this, okay? You definitely do because you kept everybody entertained. You're always fun, especially during the pandemic when, uh, when you people are up late. They can just go tune in, to, and D-Nice is more than likely on spinning some uh, music and stuff like that. So, I yes, I think the D-Nice deserves Entertainer of the Year. I don't think it should have been anyone else. He has been entertaining his ass off even if he's backed by some great powers, okay? All right. And then uh, who else? Uh, Hall of Fame award, Eddie Murphy. Okay. It's about time y'all gave Eddie Murphy one. I think Eddie Murphy definitely deserves one. Like I said, Eddie Murphy was Tyler the road to Tyler Perry is Eddie Murphy, okay? Eddie, and, 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 and in some ways I think, let me just say this. Some of Eddie's earlier films are much better than Tyler Perry's. You know, you know what I'm saying. I like, I love Tyler. Okay, I love what Tyler's done. I just don't like that Tyler keeps kind of giving out rotten stuff. He's, I'm glad he's gotten it, and he's getting ready to do a new. I heard a new thing with, uh, and which I'll probably talk later on to the show. I think it's a new show coming out, and he's 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 the money. I think he's the executive producer or something, but it's actually a writer. Uh, he's got other writers that's writing for it and another creator. So that's great. I love to see that happening now, okay, because I think sometimes you should step back and let other people come in. I really love that to see that about Tyler now, you know. You built it because I was like, I was getting ready to say, what the fuck is going on here? You done already built uh, the studio up. Hire some people. You don't have to keep putting out shit like the Oval. <laughs> I know some of y'all like the Oval, I watched The Oval to laugh my ass off. My favorite episode of The Oval was when the woman's head got chopped off when he was, when the president was in the bed with her, and he grabbed they he grabbed her head. <laughs> Let me quit talking about Tyler Perry. <laughs> I ain't gonna have no friends. Anyway, uh, Chairman's Award, Reverend D. J. Lawson, uh, President's Award, LeBron James. Uh, social justice impact, of course. Stacey Abel. You know, we know who it's going to be, okay? These are all in, these are all people who are the fixes in, okay? Um, outstanding motion picture, Bad Boys. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> I mean, I like Martin and Will, but damn. <laughs> Y'all couldn't come up with nothing else? <laughs> Outstanding actress in a motion picture, Viola Davis. Definitely agree with this. Viola is the chick of the moment. Y'all got mad at Angela when she, even though Angela is the her and Lynn Whitfield, they the real male. That's Viola is good. I love Viola. Viola's bad as hell because she could. Viola's tough in the acting, but the Meryl Meryl Streep. And why I say Meryl Streep? Because to me, Meryl Streep. Not that she. It doesn't even matter that she's white, but Meryl Streep to me is the Michael Jordan of acting, okay? She, that bitch, you can't get, you got to get, you see Meryl, Meryl Streep is a bitch, that, she can act her ass out. Like, she doesn't tell her techniques, and I think because a bitch probably be conjuring up spirits or something. She's so good. <laughs> I 
That's why she don't want to tell nobody. But but the Meryl Streep's in in for for in the African American side is Lynn Whitfield and Angela Bassett. Oh yes, those two, those two. And then I would say Viola, Viola, their babies are Viola Davis and people like that. But, you know, Angela took a lot of shit for saying no to Monsters Ball and telling people she said no to that bullshit. Okay. <laughs> uh, and outstanding actor in a motion picture, uh, Chadwick Boseman. Listen, Chadwick, I hate that Chadwick has passed. And his, his, his fiance, she, she, she's been on graciously accepting all the awards and telling people to get tested for colon cancer and stuff like that. But it's so sad because this guy, I have been, I have been yelling about how great of an actor he was for years, and I think that he should. I don't know how many of these he has, but he should probably have one for every year. He was the new Denzel. Facts. <laughs> okay. Uh, and then uh, outstanding supporter and actor in a mo- in a motion picture was him for the Five Bloods. He got it for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom Best Actor. Deserved. Everything he gets, okay, and not because he's passed away either. Because I, I, if you if you passed away and you don't deserve that shit, I would tell you too. I would say, no, nah, he didn't deserve that shit. You know, he paid, but rest in peace, okay. But no, Chadwick Boseman is the truth. Deserve both of them, and the fact that you know now that he, would, everybody was suspecting he was sick, but we know what he was dealing with, and he's able to create, be so creative. And to get into character and become that's some that's some other world shit. That's some that's some that's some deep shit, okay? You know, so hey he deserves those, okay? Uh outstanding supporting actress in a motion picture, Felicia Rashad for Jingle Jangle. And then outstanding um ensemble cast in a motion picture, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, definitely deserve that. Uh, outstanding breakthrough performance in a motion picture, picture Madeline Mills, Jingle, Jingle. Now, I don't know why they didn't nominate this year. I don't know if, if Billy, I mean, the Billy Holiday movie, it was too late. Because, you know, the NAACP be a nominating stuff. Like, they like the Grammys. They be two and three years out. Like, it's like, uh, can y'all get it within a year or so? Because I mean, sometimes they be having, they be, their timing be off. But outstanding, in, um, Breakthrough Creative, uh, Nadia Hallgreen for becoming uh, the Independent Motion Picture, The Banker, um, International Motion Picture, Night of the Kings. Um, let's see. Let me skip down some of this, okay? I sent a documentary. I'm not going to read all of them, but John Lewis, Good Trouble. Child. Good trouble. I ain't got nothing to say. I'm going to keep going. All right. Outstanding short film canvas. Outstanding character voiceover performance, Jamie Foxx. Okay. Outstanding female artist, Beyonce Black Parade. Who was nominated? I don't know. Who was nominated? And NAACP, don't play yourself. People stop showing up. We giving her rewards for shit she don't deserve. Outstanding duo group of collaboration, Chloe and Haley. Wonder what she thinks of me. Yes. Those, I love those girls, okay? Yes, yes, all of it, okay? Uh, outstanding duo group or collaboration, Megan Thee Stallion featuring Beyonce Savage Remix, okay? Um, outstanding soul, R&B song, Do It, Chloe. Uh, outstanding album. Now, that's interesting. Janae Ankle, Chill, Chill Limbo, is that Chill Limbo? What is it? Janae Ankle, what is it? Ankle? She was the outstanding album, but she don't win the female artist. <laughs> That's kind of wild. Doja Cat, Say So, Outstanding New Artist. Now, they, 
they gave it to Doja Cat after she was talking all that shit on. <laughs> Doja Cat almost got canceled for being racist against black folks. <laughs> and she's supposed to be half black. <laughs> but I do like that song, Say So. All right, and this is Outstanding Soundtrack, uh, Soul Original, uh, from, you know, the Soul Original Motion Picture, Trent Rent. Uh, Risner, Atticus Ross, John Bastis, and uh, Tom MacDougall. Outstanding Gospel Christian Son, Touch from You, Tamala Mann. Again, same gospel artist. No offense, Tamala, but you know, shit. I mean, it's other gospel. It's a whole bunch of gospel artists out here. Every day, every, they always go to the same people every year. <laughs> yeah, they they switch them up every now and then. Outstanding gospel Christian album, The Return to Clark Sisters. Uh, outstanding jazz album, Holy Room, uh, Holy Room, live at the uh, live at Alte Opry, uh, Opera, Asami, okay, Lockdown, uh, International Song, Original Coffee, Television, Outstanding Drama Series, Power Book Ghost, okay, definitely agree with that. Outstanding uh, uh, Comedy Series, Insecure. <sighs> This was Insecure's worst year. I don't agree with that, okay? Uh, outstanding Variety Show Series of Special Verses. Mm. <laughs> hey, I'll say it's good for them to win it out of nothing. <laughs> for some artists could have gotten together on their own Instagram Live and didn't shit. Uh, outstanding Children's Program Family Reunion, Outstanding Animated Series, Doc McMuffins, Outstanding Actress in the Drama Series, we already know Viola Davis, damn, she won two that night. Outstanding Supporting Actress in the Drama Series, Mary J. Blige for Power Book 2. I don't agree with this. Just like I didn't agree with Mary being nominated for an Oscar for Mud, even though I like her. Mary and Mary's acting has a lot of some work to do because Mary, it's not that Mary can't act like Beyonce. It's that Mary is just uh, sometimes uncomfortable. It takes her a minute to get into something. She plays the hell out of that that play character on on uh, Power, but I still think she needs to be a little bit more comfortable in it. And I could have named some other people who maybe should have got it over her. Uh, Issa Rae, outstanding actress in the comedy series. Maybe a couple of years ago, okay? Maybe a year or two ago. I I don't know what this one. Uh, And then I think supporting actress Marcy Martin won, and she won a performance by youth. Um, And... uh, Okay, it's a lot of them, okay. Outstanding hosting a reality competition show, Steve Harvey, Celebrity, Family Feud, you know he's going to win that. Um, let's see, so I'm trying to think of another interesting to read for, one to read for you guys. Because a lot of these were announced offline or off that, I mean, were allowed a couple of days before. Um Uh, literary awards they had, okay, they had way too much. Activists, special awards, they give the activist awards and stuff like that. Um, okay, let's talk about the uh, the rest, the award show itself. <sighs> Yawn, put me to sleep. I did not like it without an audience. I did not like the celebrities coming on, clapping in their dresses and stuff like that. It's just some bullshit. 
just get out already. They could have did it small, intimate, like Grammys. And NAACP, you got enough time and enough money where you could have did that shit, okay? Now, last but certainly not least, Maxwell. Maxwell did, what was it, Ascension? Okay, celebrating his 25th anniversary of Urban Hang Suite. Maxwell looked every bit of sexy that he did 25 years ago. Maxwell is fine, okay? Even at 40, who's Maxwell, 47? Jesus. Okay, he's fine. He's a good-looking man. However, at first I didn't get it. At first I was like, what's going on here? But then as I started, like, like, like paying attention, like he, he was walking, he was in New York, and he was walking down the street, and he was celebrating New York. I was like, oh, that's so sweet. I love that guy who likes his hometown. <laughs> and I thought that was really thoughtful, like, especially after all the shit New York's been going through, and everybody's been trying to run their ass up out of there, and now it's a bunch of kids trying to run in there because, you know, because the school coming back next year. But mostly everybody been trying to run their ass up out of there. But it was great for him to, like, kind of do a little celebration of New York. I thought that was really, really cool. I thought that was great. Okay, he sounds really good. Was that – they say that was – somebody said that was audio from his concert. I don't know if that was or not. But whatever it was audio from really sound great. I mean, vocals sound great. Um, here's the thing. You know it's always going to be something right. It's essential. I know it's the 25th. It's celebrating the 25th anniversary of Urban High Week. I get that, okay? Oh, shit. But all I got to say is, Maxwell, we're not going to do this shit with you. You can celebrate 25th anniversary of Urban High Week. Your ass can celebrate the 20th, uh, 20th, was it, with 19th anniversary a fucking, uh, when is Embryo coming? You can celebrate anniversaries all the fuck you want. We, it's Sunday, you got me cussing. I cuss all the time. Well, anyway, where is night? That's all. No other questions. I mean, they're, we're not playing with you. We, t- you, we let you get away with this because you're cute, okay? And you can sing and creative. But we're tired of your bullshit. Where is night? Quit playing. Night. We need night. Okay? With no 25th, I don't want to be celebrating the 30th anniversary of Urban Hang Suite and no night. <laughs> the 40th anniversary of, uh, of Embrya and no night. <laughs> the, 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 uh, what is it? The 2016... Uh, what was it um, the two? What was it? When did the other one come out? Damn it, I forgot. Was it 2016? What was the Pretty Wings one? Was the first one? The first? What? I'm getting confused. The very first one that 2016 was the other one. The second one. The other one was in 2009. The Pretty Wings one, right? Okay. So we don't want to celebrate the. First black, uh, uh, the first black album, the first in the, in the thing. Are we coming up on? Are we coming up on the tenth? <laughs> the eleventh? Oh hell no! Nah. It don't take nobody eleven years to make a trilogy. What the fuck is going on around here? We not happening. I'm telling you straight up. I'm, I'm not. We it's ridiculous. It's now it's just getting. I think now you just be toying with people. When he say he's in the studio, like he read these articles, he's like, I'm in the studio. I'm working. It's like, are you just playing video games? 
Are like, do you go in the studio? Are you really? Is the album made and you just sitting around all day seeing video games and then one day you'll say, you know what? I think I'll drop Mike today. <laughs> I mean, how the fuck do you come up with that? Sony, uh, excuse me, Sony, Sony execs. You give Maxwell too much room, okay? You know, if I was the exec at Sony, I'd be like, you know what? I'd be calling his ass up every day talking about, you better drop this shit. I'm tired of your ass, okay? Y'all give him too much room. Y'all know y'all trust him. Uh-uh. This is too much. We, we won't. Night, okay? Time to, re- time to release night. That's it. Again, we're not going to argue about this. I don't want to see another 50th anniversary for nobody, 22 anniversary. I don't want to see the – we getting ready to celebrate uh, – uh, uh, what's, th- what's the other one? The now – the 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 end of the 2001 was now was now we getting ready to have the uh, the the 19th or the 20th anniversary and now hell no we not gonna do that the buck stops here at Urban Hankley it stops right here no more we not giving no more pass I see your ass up somewhere else talking about you celebrating another anniversary of an old ass record are you dropping some old-ass remixes? I'm just going to talk about it. I'm just going to talk about the remix. I ain't going to even look, listen to it. I'm going to just be like, I'm just saying, it's full of shit. We just need new music. And that's it. We got to do him like fans doing Rihanna. Rihanna just asked to get back and get smart. I'm going to get, has her fans, I, they need to get back where, they do get, her fans get back where her though. <laughs> I'll get back with him too. I just feel like this is ridiculous. There's no reason for you to be holding out albums for 10, 7 to 10 years. It was cute. Back in the 90s, it was cute in 2000, it was cute in 2001, it was cute when you showed up in 2009, giggly with your pretty wings and shit like that, but now it ain't so cute. We can tired of your ass, okay? <sighs> so, Jasmine Sullivan, I already spoke my piece on that. Those were the only two performances they gave us. All this music out this street. Did, 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 wait a minute, did Megan perform? I don't think she did. I don't know, man, did I miss it? There's a lot of it I was switching back. Let me tell you, I won't lie. I was switching back and forth because it was a show on the ID channel. <laughs> I was watching something really good on the ID channel. <laughs> and I'm sorry, the award show was so boring. I kept switching to the switching back. And fourth between the ID channel and the NAACP award. Shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> so I might have missed it if it was any other performance. I think I missed wishing Swiss and Alicia showed up on there. What was he getting the verse to pick up the verses? What was he there? Was they was they introducing someone? I don't know. Who knows what they show up for? But listen, I wasn't paying any. I, I switched off a lot. I taped it, so I might go back and rewind through and see if I missed somebody. I'm sure I did. But I, it was a yana. Thank you guys. Thank you. The uh, the performers the performers were great though. Shout out to uh, Jasmine Sullivan and Maxwell. You did a hell of a job for a boring ass award show. Okay. All right. So when I return, we are going to be talking about the rest of hot topics. Okay. Little Nas dances for the devil. You guys are just really upsetting some of y'all out there. I mean, he got y'all in y'all feelings. I talked about this the other day, but I didn't know it was going to have y'all this much in y'all feelings, okay? Y'all really upset about this. I mean, this day and time, seriously, are y'all surprised somebody's on TV giving the lap dance <laughs> to the devil? <laughs> 
Please don't. And we're going to talk about Chrissy Teigen uh, quitting Twitter and producers on uh, The Bachelor, how they've been coaching they folks, okay? Because I told y'all they was doing it. I told y'all. I told y'all. And I'm saying it again, I told y'all, okay? And then we'll get into Rachel Dolezal and Derek Jackson a little bit. I'll catch up on a little bit of that that I talked about the other day in case you missed it. And... Hopefully that will be, and we'll be almost, you know, you know we'll, be, we'll be getting through this show, okay? All right, so I said I was going to get off early. Damn it. I don't know. We'll see, okay? All right, meanwhile, here is, uh, we're going to play Tony Braxton, okay? I'll be right back after. No, it's not. Nope, not dance. Sorry, don't disturb this groove. The system, I'll be back in a moment. <laughs>
But you know, can I just say this, Jennifer? You can't take it street. You, I mean, you can't take it. I say you can't take it street. You can't take it seriously because Lenny is for them uh, high class, upper echelon model streets, <laughs> and Lisa Bonet streets. If ever she decided to take it back, <laughs> that's what Lenny's for. Okay, Lenny is. You got to understand that it's it's fine. Oh, it's fine. Devil, yes, you know what I'm saying, okay? Looks like it's devil, okay? And, you know, most Geminis are for the streets. Not all of them, but a lot of them. (laughs) Not all. Not all. Or if they like, or, or, or I think did I read Lenny Kravitz, Lenny Kravitz charts? Like, did he have a lot of Sag in his chart or something? Especially just Sag. Oh my God, it might be for the streets. Lenny looks like he's for like I don't even need the the chart. Lenny and Lenny just looks like he's for the streets, like the upper upper echelon model streets. Like you know, like have fun, Jennifer. If that's true, what they're saying, because they say he's working on that movie too. It's true, these rumors, but don't take it seriously, okay? That's like heartbreak. That looks, it just seems like heartbreak. You know, you may have one twin acting serious and the other twin's like, um, that I want a model. You know, you just, you just never know. Or the other 20 people show up. I mean, yeah, you know, so I'm just going to say, Jennifer, enjoy your, 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 your Drake song and everything. And just, you know, enjoy being... 50 some years old and beautiful. And just have fun. You know, don't, don't take me, you know, you got your two kids. Life is good if you're single, if you're not, you know, whatever. Okay? Chrissy Teigen quit Twitter. I like Chrissy, as I said before, okay? But this is, this is according to CBSnews.com. It says, model and cookbook author Chrissy Teigen. Uh, quit Twitter on Wednesday, becoming the latest celebrity to dish the platform after facing abuse. Like many tech bemoths, is that how you say that? Twitter is under increasing scrutiny for facilitating torrents of invective against users, okay, commonly from anonymous accounts in posts often carrying racist or misogynistic overtones. No celebrities. Don't get them to start. Just clog off. You don't have to. You know, celebrities always try to do this because they're not used to people telling them the truth or people, and I'm not talking about the racial overtones or anything like that. A lot of celebrities, it's not the racial things. And yeah, they say racist stuff and everything. And you know how to uh, delete a racist tweet. But the problem is, is what's racist? What, you know, some things that they call racist and misogynistic, you're like, uh, is that really, is that really racist? <laughs> I mean, you know, you know. So sometimes they're just, they're just, they're just, uh, 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 kind of uh, uh, getting upset because people will say, I don't like you and John Legend. And then she can say, well, that's racist. <laughs> just because people say, y'all don't like y'all two together, stuff like that. That's not racist. It's just people probably saying they don't like that. I'm not saying that's what's happening. I'm just saying celebrities sometimes just, Twitter is a very real space. And it's got some, it's not a real space. I won't say it's a real space because Twitter has lost some of that, uh, uh, that thing they had, that bit of independence after the Donald Trump thing. I mean, I think Twitter made a huge mistake by uh, um, by kowtowing to uh, uh, the other groups and, and 
kind of uh, shedding out Donald Trump because I think what made Twitter pretty seem to be cool is because Twitter is just a space that even if you a celebrity, you might come in and you might get this. I mean, Twitter's that space. I mean, people might not like you. People may like you. It was like a free-for-all, but then they start being over the top, okay? And it, you kinda, it kind of loses cool vibe. The celebrities complaining, I got to get on Twitter. They're talking about me. Early this week, Tegan faced backlash after announcing the launch of a lime plant-based cleaning products in partnership with reality TV star Kris Jenner. Some, use, some accusers accuse her of selling out during a time of pandemic-induced economic anxiety, while others question her commitment to environmental protection, given her family's regular use of private jets. It's time for me to say goodbye, she wrote in the tweet Wednesday. See, there's nothing racist and misogynistic about those quotes. It's just Twitter users having access to you, asking you some real shit. Like, my favorite is a few years ago, I always talk about, I always use Maxwell as an example. When Maxwell got mad at the, when they, when he was, they were arguing with Maxwell, I forget about something. It was something, I forget what they said. It was arguing with Maxwell about Maxwell. I always get, he used to get caught up in the Twitter all the time. He don't get caught up no more, but he used to get caught up. But my favorite one is when he said, check the numbers, bitch. <laughs> Somebody must have took his Twitter account and then start you having having a ghost right or something. <laughs> but that was my favorite shit. <laughs> and he got mad at somebody and she said you she said like he went brick or something. All right, what did she say? Wood with his last name? She said something it was funny as fuck. But then he came back and was like, Check the numbers, bitch and it was like that's classic. I was like, Damn, that's like a classic line, right? But that's what makes Twitter great because Twitter is great because celebrities in that platform, people can say shit to you <laughs> if you're really on there, right? If you're really on there and you can get negative and positive. But you can't run your ass away when it ain't going your way. That's Chrissy Teigen. Run her ass away because it ain't going her way. Because <laughs> she's usually people love her on there, and now she's getting upset. And I get it. Just log off for a while or log off for a few weeks or something. <laughs> but she says, my desire to be liked and fear of pissing people off has made me somebody you didn't sign up for and a different human than I started out here has. Live well, tweeters. Okay. Uh, if it's making you do that, definitely log up, okay? Uh, they said, in recent years, Tegan has built a reputation for a frank, unfiltered online presence. In October, she posted on Instagram an image of herself and her husband, singer John Legend, grief-stricken in the hospital after their son uh, was stillborn. Uh, so uh, she's she's been criticized a lot, and when you're a person that's a big user on Twitter, Celebrities, when you expose yourself to who you are, and I listen, I appreciate celebrities like that's why I like Sharon Osbourne, Chrissy Teigen, uh, uh, artists that get on there and they really control their platforms and they really talk to fans and they really like stuff. So I because you putting yourself out there and you be and you're letting people know that you're a human being. Yes, you're gonna get people talking shit to you. That's life. Because <laughs> see, in real life, they don't get nobody hardly talking shit to them. <laughs> So sometimes I need somebody to talk some shit so you can see, because it really ain't people hating. Like, a lot of times celebrities love to put out stuff. It's people saying, your last album sucked. Well, maybe your last album did suck, right? And it's somebody that needs to tell you the truth, <laughs> right? Maybe in a nice way they said it. They could have said it a different way. But it's celebrities, I love, I, I don't like to say, they, some, those are sometimes the people who are in the most 
in the biggest bubble and there are people around them telling them everything is good when shit ain't good and you get on there with their fans and they be like, nah, that shit wasn't good. Some are haters, okay, but a lot of them are are just constructive critics, okay? And so, you know, I I can say to the celebrities who do get on there on Twitter and you put yourself to the, you know, out there and you, you really be really typing and shit, I mean, shout out and talking back to people. Shout out to y'all because it takes a lot of courage to be on those platforms and hear people shit. <laughs> okay, so you know I can't, but Christy, she done had just about enough shit. She tired of y'all asses. <laughs> but I don't think I don't think you should always just run away because you don't like what people had to say. I mean, you just blog off for a little while because I feel like Christy Teigen is going to be back on Twitter. I mean, you know, I think she's too. She might be quite addicted to it or something. But she might stay off a couple of months. Maybe she'll stay off for good. I don't know. But, you know, who knows? Sydney Lutaco from The Bachelor says ABC's producers coach contestants on the show. This is according to Yahoo.com. It says if certain happenings on The Bachelor and The Bachelorette sometimes feel scripted are too good to be true, that might be because producers, sorry to break it to you, this week, might be because of producers. Sorry to break it to you. This week, Sydney Lutaco from Colton Underwood's season of The Bachelor revealed that she was coached by a producer while on the show and was given directions on what to say on screen. True story. During an appearance on Us Weekly here for the Right uh, Reasons podcast, Sydney said contestants talk with producers constantly, and I had a close relationship with mine. He would, like, coach me, like, okay, go in there and grab his hands and be like, I know this is awkward. I'm just not a very loud person, so this was a little difficult for me, okay? Sydney also said contestants run through a list of topics with the producers before bringing up conversation points, which lead to uh, lead which the lead of a bachelor or bachelor uh, with the lead of a bachelor or bachelorette seasons. Before you go talk to the lead, you discuss like, okay, these are my things that I want to bring up. This is where I want you to push our relationship. How do I go about this? And they kind of guide you on that way. She explained, it's super helpful. It's it's a lot of just like being in your head, like taking the chance when you can. And sometimes it's super awkward because it doesn't work out. You're like, okay, I'm going to go over here. Sydney finished her tea spilling session by saying that the contestants and the producers have an interesting dynamic while filming the show. Everyone has a different relationship with who their producer is. But ultimately, if you read the room, the situation that you're in and uh, you're in, you can kind of understand where things are going to go for you, she concluded. Okay, listen, this is not shocking to me. I even tell y'all how I went to a reality show years ago, a particular reality show to audition, and there were therapists there, <laughs> and people they said they were just there to observe you. Right, but they were there because they were looking for who is the most drama to put on the fucking show. <laughs> right, they know these re and this was years ago. I was in, I was like, shit, I was in my twenties. I was just going up and shit, doing some shit. Okay, but I wouldn't listen. Me, I probably would not have been on a show like that because I'm so like ultra. Like, I don't like my business out there. Like, if I'm going through shit, I don't like nobody that I'm a Scarfio for real. <laughs> but, you know, but you know, you might think you know, but you don't know. You have no idea. 
<laughs> right? So, um, yeah, so I, 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 I probably wouldn't have done it anyway, but I learned that then. I bet they are uh, coaching uh, the contestants. I bet they're uh, setting the scenarios up, and I bet they know who they're most likely to pick before they go on. I bet producers knew about the antebellum girl. That's my personal opinion. I bet the producers knew about that crazy-ass girl that was running around there in the first half of his his season. I know they knew all of that, and they set that shit up. And they kept her there because she was the drama most of the show. Okay. Well, a little over half of the show, right? That queen girl, whatever that girl was, who was running around thinking she was a queen or something like that. Yes. Yes, that's the kind of shit they do on reality shows. It's definitely scripted from time to time, okay? So I'm not sure the directors are moving it in a way. And you can understand that, right? Because they, it's really not reality. It's somewhat reality, but they're also coaching it in the way they want it to go. And they and they know uh, bombs that the audience doesn't know, probably even some of the other contestants don't know, and the uh, lead doesn't know, and they keep those bombs to themselves while manipulating the the che- the um, the board. That's what, I mean, it is what it is, and so that's why I always thought no black person should ever take themselves on there because it was just going to end up being a clown fest for you. And they were going to play to the racial dynamics of it all with the first black one and the first uh, first black bachelor and the first black bachelorette. Okay, and they made them look like clowns, okay? Assuming <laughs> the bachelorette, I mean, you too. <laughs> All right, so Tina Turner says she fell in love at first sight with husband Erwin Beck. I knew a soul has met. Oh, that's so sweet. This is according to People.com. It said Erwin had the prettiest face. It was, like, insane, I thought. Where did he come from, Turner says with a smile, as she recalls locking eyes with her husband. For Tina Turner, it was love at first sight when she met her now husband, Erwin Back. I think he's like, how much younger is he? He's like real young. He can't wait. He's going to be collecting. No, let me shut up. <laughs> In fact, in HBO's upcoming documentary, it's already out, titled Tina, the icon 81 says, the moment she locked eyes with Box 65. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. I ain't going to say nothing. I ain't say that. <laughs> In fact, uh, okay, it says People has an exclusive clip of the forthcoming Tina, which Ramirez started. Okay, we already it's already out. I gotta watch it, but it says uh, she said we met at uh, Cologne Airport. Actually, it was uh, Dusseldorf Airport in Germany, and her manager Roger asked me to pick up Tina. Bach, a former music executive, says in the clip. Turner smiles as she calls. He was 16 younger than me, 16 years younger than me. He was 30 years old at the time and had the prettiest face. I mean, you cannot describe it. It was like insane, I thought. Where did he come from? He was really so good looking. My heart was beating fast, and it means that a soul has met, and my hands were shaking. Ah, okay. So, quote, uh, Roger uh, said to me, Tina, you ride where Erwin, and I wanted to go, yay, she says with a laugh. Okay. We enjoyed the ride. Box says, I enjoyed the dri- enjoy driving an artist, actually a superstar. You're normally a little nervous, but I wasn't nervous either. I was just doing the job. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Okay. He gonna have a hell of a She's she leaving the state back to the white man. <laughs> he could go before her. You never know. You know, life is funny like that. But here's the thing is, you know, um, Tina Turner has always been a little different. Are they going to have in the in the documentary about Jack, uh, uh, Randy Randy Jackson? Is she going to put that? Are they going to put Somebody said, Carlotta, you being messy. No, I'm not. It's Randy Jackson. <laughs> Janet Jackson's brother, Randy. Is he going to be a part of the documentary thing? I want to know these things. Y'all know the story about Randy Jackson. I tell it on here from time to time, okay? People didn't believe this shit. I was telling everybody, I was like, this is a true story. Randy Jackson said it confirms this story. Randy Jackson tells a story that he he went to his girlfriend's house, and allegedly Tina Turner was at his girlfriend's house for some reason, Okay. And that whatever the situation was, Tina Turner comes out and they get to fight. I guess they are arguing allegedly, okay? I don't know. This is Randy Jackson confirming the story. You can look it up. Randy Jackson, Randy Jackson, Tina Turner. And he says she shot him. He almost died allegedly. And they decided not to press a charge. Y'all like, y'all like, y'all, I am not lying. Every time I tell the story, people don't believe me. Look it up. It's OT. My God. <sighs> Lord have mercy. Look it up. That's all I'll say to you. It's true. It's a true story. That's why I just want to know if it's going to be in there. Is Tina going to tell her point of view? Yeah. Randy Jackson, on the time Tina Turner shot me, it's on your red right now. An old article. Shot him over his girlfriend. I don't know why she was shooting him over his girlfriend. That ain't my business. All I'm telling y'all is the T was that she almost killed his ass, okay? And he said, yes, Tina Turner shot me, and I have the scar to prove it. Randy told followers on Twitter when asked if the report was true. Having said that, there was no violence on my part, nor have I ever owned or carried a weapon, he added. It was in the 80s, and I don't hold a grudge against Tina. She's a great artist and an asset to our community. I went to Tina's house to see my girlfriend. I guess I caught them off guard. Hmm, next question. Having said that, <laughs> oh, shit, I didn't say that. Randy said that shit on Twitter. I want to know if that's a part of the documentary. Since we saying our goodbyes and whatever else Tina's doing at 81, that would be interesting. Like, I would like to see. We talk on Ike shit all the time, okay? I get the Ike shit's going to be in there. But, Tina, you won't tell that story about you shooting Randy. <laughs> it's messy over here. It's OT, but it's messy. It's OT, but it's messy. And I'm not lying. Y'all can look it up, okay? And there's no allegedly to it, according to Randy Jackson. <laughs> but, of course, I want to see the Tina Turner documentary, Okay. You know, I do. I definitely want to see the Tina Turner documentary. Definitely. Um, but she said it was first love. It was love at first sight. Okay. Do you guys believe in that? Like, can there be love at first sight? Is it love or is it lust? I don't know. Can you know when you've met like a? I always talk about this stuff because I'm intrigued by the twin flame thing. So I'm always like, you know, can you? Can you really meet someone? And you go, oh, yeah, 
you from 20 lives. We we spent 20 lifetimes together. Yeah, you. I get you. If, if people really need like that, just asking. That's what Tina Turner said. She said she felt like she her soul met. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Okay. Uh, let's see what else here. Uh, let me talk about Brittany. Um, we need to talk about uh when I get back. No, I'm not gonna get not a break yet. Okay, Tamika Mallory. Okay, that's what we haven't talked about. Tamika's ass. Okay, out here doing Cadillac commercials. <laughs> y'all was mad. Y'all mad as hell. <laughs> y'all looking at T- Tamika Mallory side eye right now. Now, um. Mason, whoever this is, I don't know who that is, uh, defends Tamika Mallory. This is according to Mogdom Nation. Uh, corporate sponsorship deals. Activists have to pay bills. Sorry, okay? It says social activism is a career. You can study it for an undergraduate or master's degree, and activists need to earn a living from their work. But activist Tamika Mallory recently came under fire for accepting corporate sponsorship. The former co-chair and former national chairwoman for the Women's March, Mallory, appeared in a paid commercial for Cadillac. Mallory was called out after her appearance at the 63rd Grammy Award broadcast by Samir Rice, mother of Tamir Rice, a 12-year-old boy who was shot by a Cleveland police officer in 2014 while playing with a toy gun. Samir Rice accused Mallory and other contemporary activists of being clout chasers and profiting from the death of her son and others. Masson's Mallory uh, co-host on the podcast for the uh, record Chasing Freedom came to her defense uh, for accepting a corporate sponsorship. White supremacy is a structure controlled by billionaires whose job it is to keep it going. You can't dismantle it with poor people whose hobby is to fight it. Wow. But you can't, you can't dismantle it with poor. I mean, with rich slaves either, who they pay. <laughs> I put my money on the poor people quicker than I would a rich slave. You're too into conference, right? Um, and I'm for for people making money. Activists do have to make a living, but activism, if that's what you choose to do with your life. I mean, I don't consider myself an activist. I don't consider. I think that activists, people are. Those are people who are on the ground. I'm a voice out here, but activism, no. People who are on the ground doing the everyday grinding work. Uh, a lot of times, these people are speaking out at their own uh, peril. Uh, they and they depend on community to support them. Okay. Uh, they, they don't uh, because they have to be free to say what they need to say. Okay, now can you graduate from being an activist to go into other things? Yes, maybe your thing was to activate to be an activist for a certain thing, but now you're no longer that. I can believe that Tamika Mallory. Maybe she doesn't no longer want to be that, and now she wants to be like spokesperson and stuff like that. Okay, and you can still speak on black events and stuff like that situations. But I don't think you can say you're not tied up anymore, and I just think you should say I'm not an activist anymore. Now I'm 
something else. I never thought she was an activist, though. I think she's a – I consider her more of an operative for the Democratic Party who works as an activist within its uh, – within uh, parties ran by uh, – within uh, programs ran by liberals. She's a professional in that. So it's hard to be a professional activist, I think. I think that when you decide that you're going to do activism specific, specifically for uh, black people, it's not that you take a vow of poverty, but you have to understand that you may not ever, uh, you 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 may sometimes, it, and it used to didn't always be like this for activists. Uh, I think there were times where activists became big and their voices were heard and stuff like that. But then I think that the weakness of needing money and commercialism and stuff like that, uh, a lot of these people, I would say Tamika Mallory was put up as an activist. Like she may have been working in something and somebody saw her at the grassroots who was someone powerful and then they started booking her at different things and setting the tone for her, just like that poet girl. You know, they setting the tone for her to be the next, they trying to set it to be the next Maya Angelou. The problem with it so much today is we can see that a lot of these activists and stuff are contrived after a little while, and they're they're made up and they're boosted up, and then, and then they lose control of their voices, and that is what made you get there. And so it's hard to talk that shit and still be selling Cadillac. You know what I'm saying? So my thing is just don't be an activist. Just say, you know, hey, I'm I'm a person out here that's for the people, but I'm going to be this. Or, I'm, I, you know, I have my own speaking company. I go against, I speak against racism. And I don't necessarily consider myself an activist. I just consider myself aiding activists in the community, okay, something like that. But, you know, activism is a little different. Uh Somebody said a Twitter user clapped back and says, "I'm sure there are better re- ways to pay bills than doing Cadillac commercials, a structure controlled by billionaires." Uh, another posted, "If Tamika D. Mallory was a real activist and grassroots for black folks, she wouldn't be doing commercials." Darren Seals is a real activist. Danielle Jones is a, was a real activist. Tamika Mallory has um, has monetized off the death of black men. Our struggles is. Our struggles, this is sad, okay? And so, but others on Twitter agree with my son. Our activists have to die broke like Malcolm Martin, Garvey, uh, Martin, Garvey, Hampton, Huey. Uh, Those are just famous ones. Are we not supposed to be compensated for hard work and dedication to the struggle? Listen, I would say that. I kind of agree that, yes, but it's up to the community to take care of of these people, and our community is in such disarray that it can't take care of its activists. So its activists have to go over and sell their soul to the devil, or you have these activists who act like they're uh, the face for black America, but they're puppets of 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 of, uh, of of white liberal organizations and stuff like that, and even some conservative organizations. So what you have to do as a community you have to foot the bill for real activism. 
Because what's happened is when you, you're talking about stuff like the NAACP, Urban League, they're going to promote the Tamika Mallory's of the world because she's a safe fucking bet. She's not going to come on and say anything against white, liberal, democratic agenda. Okay? And same thing with conservatives. They have used people. I like Candace. Sometimes I like Candace. Sometimes I like Tamika. I like sometimes both of them. Candace sometimes get on my nerves. I like what she said today. Like today she was talking about, you know, our community uh, uplifted uh, uh, George Floyd. Uh, what she said something about George Floyd being uh, um, uh, being a, lifting him up like an icon when he was a drug addict. It wasn't people lifting him up to be an icon. It was what happened to him. And what happened to him, his life was sacrificed because, yes, he made a lot of bad bad choices in life, but he didn't deserve to die that way. And so I don't like that kind of shit she's saying. That's stupid. That ain't even nothing to bring up. The the, the icon you perceive behind it is in his death. That because he's he's a poor man, he got to die that way? I don't understand what she's saying. I have no clue what she's saying. But she's put up as an operative, too, okay? It's no different on the right wing and the left wing. So what what I will say is that that you as a community, black community, have to put up who you want to speak for you. And you have to give these people so you won't have to uh, listen to sellouts or people listen to people like Tamika Mallory and stuff like that. Go be or right, see them rise up because you got powerful uh, black, uh, the black uh, boule types putting their power behind certain people because they're controlled usually by white corporations and stuff like that. Because we don't have any corporations or we as a community don't know how to build up our people, we can't protect them. But you should be protecting them. You know, just like. Preachers, right? You know, a lot of times a lot of activists used to come through the church. One of the reasons they did that was because of Dr. King and them. And other, a lot of preachers in the early day came through the church. A lot of civil rights act- activism came through the church. Well, a lot of people got a hold to the game and started pretending they was preachers uh, <laughs> and started writing off the church because you can see a lot of people got reverend in front of their name, but you ain't seen them preach too many sermons, okay? I'm just facts. <laughs> okay, so all I'm saying is that we as a community, if we don't want these people that are put up uh, and controlled by corporations in America, we want to give them the freedom to be do what they want to do, then we have to put the money behind them. We have to make them iconic in and of ourselves that where they know they got a safe place. Like in the country community, the country people, most of the time country people can talk shit in politics and stuff because they know that's they they group. They know they group is going to take care of them and give them the money. Now, you know, it's a lot of corporations and stuff now, even going into those areas and trying to control voices that are conservative. That's the bad thing about big business because big business is very tricky. Big business will start to control voices politically and uh, so they can control agendas, and we have to be very careful with that. As a black community, we have to use our businesses, what little we have, and our money and finances to be able to nurture voices that can come up that won't, that will have more, and I can't say complete allegiance because you're going to have to have some responsibility to other things, but that can mostly have complete allegiance to us and not uh, Cadillac, Okay. So that's 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 the kind of state you're living in. The community is in such a state because of the things that, because of our background, 
you know, the history of slavery and stuff like that. But not only that, but because of where we find ourselves as a community in our minds, we we cannot um, we cannot keep uh, activists are going to struggle. Like Nick Cannon, like I said, Nick Cannon had no choice in his mind but to punk out, even though he shouldn't have been talking shit in the first place. You knew you shouldn't have been talking shit, but as black people, your power comes in being able to support people when you know it's going to get rough. And a lot of people, look, you got a lot of activists out here now who are completely supported by the community. It is that black community doesn't support. Like you got the Tyreek Nasheeds. Tyreek goes a little mainstream here and there, but not much. And he's completely supported by his videos, our self-made, all that. He's completely supported kind of a lot by black people. You know what I'm saying? And then you got people like Jason Black, or you got you just probably won't be famous like Tamika Mallory. That's the difference. Tamika Mallory, she wants to be famous. So, you know, she has to cut them type of deals. But if you want to just speak to the community, you may have to do things like Tyreek does. Like he has the hidden color series, and he has other things. He he sells shirts and stuff like that, or Yvette and Antonio sells shirts, or they have a newsletter they put out every week and stuff like that. You may not ever get the big money, but, I mean, or be big names out there on CNBC. They may not call you. Or Dr. Watkins, look at somebody like him who who does his own financial thing and stuff like that. You don't probably see him all the time. He used to be on that kind of stuff, but you don't see him much on on the MSNBCs and, and the CNBCs talking business and stuff like that. So he has to do it on his own because he's community-focused. Or you have somebody like uh, Claude Anderson, community-focused, okay? So And he did, Claude Anderson gets those uh, gets bookings from other black activists, and that's just how it has to happen. If you, but to me, you, when you see that with Tamika Mallory, then you have to put your eyebrows up and you have to take her with a grain of salt because you understand that she is bought and paid for. It doesn't mean that she doesn't say good things from time to time, but you understand that her allegiance is to something other than the community. And her first allegiance is who's putting the money in her pocket. Same thing with NAACP, something, same thing with Urban League. Their allegiance is no longer to black people, even though that is the mask they wear, but their allegiance is to their money people. And if you ain't giving up the funds, then it's hard to talk shit. Okay? So, you know, so black people, you have to decide who you're going to support. And if you start throwing away, listen, when you start stop looking at people like Mallory and all this, and you start saying, hey, you start putting them away, and you start to promote black activists who are really about uh, about, doing th- about doing things that really put the community first, then these uh, big companies and stuff will stop promoting those people. They only promote them because they think they can fool you, and most of you, they do. So, you know, until you start putting your your uh, say, you know what, we're going to put our thing behind uh, these people or the the Tyreeks or the Yvette uh, uh, Cornells or Dr. Boyce Watkins or stuff like that. So you start doing that, you don't have this stuff. You don't have this problem, okay? 
So I'm not surprised, okay? It says, Felicia Davis, who directs Building Green Initiative at Clark Atlanta University and is founder of HBCU Green Fund, noted, activists can virtually work in any uh, field. Some work within advocacy organizations or even established organizations, and some of (coughs) the most impactful uh, activism takes place within mainstream organizations of all types, including corporations, Okay. Listen, I will tell you this, okay, sometimes they do have impacts, some of these uh, uh, mainstream organizations, and that's because there's a lot of money behind them, okay, but they never work in building the community as a whole. You never, you're not, listen, corporations have been funding a lot of these uh, companies, I mean these, these, organizations for a long time but you're not we're not seeing a building for generations but we're not seeing a building of Mark Zuckerberg's where we can go off on our own what we're seeing is a crippling of a community we give you so much for so much you're seeing a community that is continuously crippled because these when they give their money they have a say and a lot of white corporate brand corporations don't know what's best for black folks Okay, they don't know, and they're also uh, guided by white supremacy. So they're like, well, we don't want twenty years to build up somebody who's going to build the new uh, Facebook, <laughs> unless we have some ownership in it, right? So it's, it's it's very hard. That's why I say until we're willing to begin the investment in ourselves, that doesn't mean that we we won't have investment from other people or other groups. But there has to be an understanding of decision, how decision-making is run. And a lot of times these organizations don't get to make those decisions for themselves. Uh, a lot of times they're making deals with the devil, okay? And sometimes they make great deals. Some organizations make great deals with people who just want to give and, and say, hey, you know what's best for your community. You do what's best. And those type of people, great, <laughs> right? But for but for for most corporations, there's always an agenda, and what happens is sometimes the agenda ends up being good, but sometimes it ends up being too much. Like if you look at Essence Festival, okay, let's talk about Essence Magazine for a minute. Let's use Essence Festival for example. I started going to Essence Fest back in the day, too, early 2000s. Much different beast. Uh, Susan Taylor was the head of it. Uh, Essence magazine, the magazine I think was doing much better at the time. Um, had agendas, but you can see or still see it's it's. I mean, and not to say that Susan Taylor, because some people say Carlisle Susan Taylor's blue late. Maybe I don't know. But what I'm saying is, at that point, the focus was Black America. Uh, the magazine was uh, uh, much more influential, impactful. When you could go to the Essence Fest. About 20 years ago, somebody, you wouldn't be surprised to see a person like Yvette Cornell there or Tyreek Nasheed at the Essence Fest back maybe 20 years ago. Today's Essence Festival, because corporations are so much in the mix, they can't hardly put on there those black grassroots activists because they scared them out what they might say. They may offend somebody or they may be uh, call anti-race, uh, anti, uh, uh, I mean, well, anti-white or something like that. And it, it, you can see the big difference. And now it's become a big commercial fest. Yes, they have more money, but they're less effective. So you have to you have to decide what the trade-out's going to be. Do I lose my soul or do I keep it small? 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? But because they got to pay these big ass artists every year, black artists who 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 you know, it's it, it, on all levels they got us trapped. They can't if they want to go to. That's why you bet them are asking for reparations because it's like, but how can black folks catch up when you so you you're so far ahead? And when we have caught up in the past. With places like with things like Black Wall Street and stuff, you burnt them to the ground. You literally uh, committed violence against us when we have come. So how do we deal with you? We gotta have government, you know, protection first to deal with you for our businesses and things, and we also have to have, uh, you know, what I'm saying, some things from the government what they owe our ancestors. Asking for reparations is not a handout. Reparations, in my opinion, is what you are owed. And when a country has a debt, like to to uh, a group of people, a debt that was so hideously done, more hideous than any group, any group, any group, including Native Americans, yes, because Native Americans participated in slavery too, more hideous to any group in America on American soil, black Native Americans have been treated, was treated horrible. Generations of families of women being raped, of men being abused. As a matter of fact, Tyreek Tariq she has a thing coming out on the 31st called Buck Breaking about males and how the slave masters used to uh, uh, break in men sexually and stuff. I mean, the atrocities that happened during slavery, it is America's Holocaust. And for any group of people to think that is not owed to the ancestors of, of the people, of the people who, uh, of the people I mean, it is not owed to the ancestors' uh, uh, children, the people. I mean, the, uh, the from slavery. You're crazy. And you say I didn't participate in it. No, but your country participated. It was government sanctioned, uh, sanctioned, and because of that, you're a part of America. You owe it. And what you will find when when someone has blood on his hands, I mean, usually chickens come home. Chickens come home to roost. So either I say spiritually. You give the money in good in good faith and pay off your debt and do what's right. Are you you know spiritually? I feel like countries like this pay, and that's why you're what you're seeing a breaking of the country because it's paying for its history of not uh, of of not doing the right thing. Okay, which is uh, which is recognizing it's wrong to Native Black Americans. Okay. Here's what it is, all right? So that's what I'll say on that note. Um, when I get back, we're going to talk about uh, Tyler Perry, okay, uh, cast for a male. I guess you're going to have a male stripper show. Ooh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Rachel Dolezal is going to be in a documentary on black beauty, okay? Now, this is why I'm not so impressed. I Howard, I got a lot of friends. I got a few friends who graduated from my Howard. And I'm never impressed about Kamala Harris. And, you know, they say, Kamala Harris, that's Rachel. I said, so did Rachel Dolezal. She was out with too. <laughs> All right, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about how these people in uh, Hawaii are fully vaccinated but still got COVID. Okay? I'm just talking about We're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about, no, let's talk about, no, we're going to talk about Lil Nas X when he get back. We're going to talk about that the minute he gets back, and, I mean, we get back, okay? Y'all start on that. And we're going to talk about Jane Fonda out here talking about she like him young, honey. She don't want no sex unless it's with a young man. <laughs> Jane Fonda a trip. First it was Marvin. Now it's, uh, yep. 
young men. That's how she why she looks so young like that. <laughs> so we're gonna be talking about that and a whole lot more when I get back on the C C show. Uh now let's go to uh what do I wanna play for y'all? This is just oh it's cause it's you know, it's it's nothing like some good jazz a good jazz song on a Sunday evening. Okay, so let's listen to Sway by Julian Bond. It's the C C show. Okay, Seaborn. Be back in a moment.
talking hot topics. I said I was going to get off early. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> it is what it is, y'all, okay? All right, so three fully vaccinated people test positive for COVID-19 DOH confirms, okay? Uh, this is according to ibtimes.com. It says these people, three people in Hawaii tested positive for COVID-19 after being fully vaccinated. Health officials said it's not surprising that some have tested positive considering that if Efficiency, efficacy rate of the vaccines. They assured that the vaccine works in a huge percentage of people. <laughs> there are three fully vaccinated people in Hawaii tested positive. Uh, they're saying um, health officials said three individuals were diagnosed with COVID-19 after receiving both doses of either Pfizer or Moderna vaccines. News station KITV reported. None of the three became severely ill or passed the virus to other people, the health department said. Doctors told KITV that these breakthrough cases are not a major cause for concern, okay? The COVID-19 vaccine approved for um, for use has efficiency, efficiency rates of of uh, that fall between 66 to 95 percent, okay, according to the Centers of, for Disease Control and Prevention. While the vaccine significantly lower the risk uh, of hospitalization and severe symptoms, they cannot completely prevent infection, okay? One of the three causes, uh, cases involved a, a healthcare worker in Ahu who received their doses back in January. They visited multiple cities in the U.S. a month after getting vaccinated and tested positive for COVID-19 upon their return to Oahu. You know, here's the thing, I think, too. Uh, one of the big secrets they're, they're not talking about is how uh, these, the, co- the testing for COVID um, is off, too, and it has been off. And is, is sometimes where people have, po- po- have uh, you know, tested positive, they've had to get two and three tests because they tested positive and negative, positive and negative. And then some people who have had it, Actually, I, they don't know if the, the people are actually immune to it, so should they be getting COVID shots if they naturally have an immunity for it? And that's another thing. You know, you may have humans who have a natural immunity to COVID, and I don't think they've done and run enough tests on that. That's why I say vaccines, I'm very um, – I'm I'm not I, I would love to hear more about how they come to the conclu- conclusion of vaccinating all of the population when they don't know about how the population in my opinion they haven't or they haven't given enough information about how people who have already had it or people who have a natural immunity towards it will react to getting a vaccine because that could be very dangerous if there's somebody who has a natural immunity and then you're shooting the virus back into I just there, I I feel like there is a not enough uh, out here, and I believe those questions are going to come within a couple of years or so. So, um, you know, that's the kind, the kind of things that you have such a push in society from big business, politics, uh, everybody to get vaccine, get vaccine, get vaccine, no matter what, no matter what, get vaccine. And when you know they're pushing it is when they start to try to shame people for not telling if they got a vaccine or not, or they try to shame people who don't want to get a vaccine and stuff like that. That's when you know when you have to take a step back and say, uh-uh, 
You know what I'm saying? What's going on here, okay? And you need to be able to explain yourself more. And we hear people like Dr. Fauci. Fauci is not trustworthy anymore, in my personal opinion. I don't know why Fauci's still out there. I think there should have been a number of doctors, but a lot of doctors have been bought out by the system, you know? So it's, it's, it's very hard to get some truth concerning this coronavirus that's not connected to not only was it a political year, but a lot of po- political agenda, okay? Um, speaking of that, Bill Gates predicts world will be completely back to normal by 2022, okay? The IT guy is at it again, the software guy. Uh, philanthropists say people can look forward to the resumption of freedom in a significant way this summer. Oh, Bill is giving us the okay. You know, when Bill gives the okay, the doctors usually follow right along. <laughs> it says, according to independent.co.uk, it says, Microsoft co-founder and philanthropist Bill Gates has predicted the world will be back to normal by the end of 2022 because COVID-19 vaccines. The billionaire described the pandemic as an incredible tragedy and added that only good news has been uh, the access uh been the access to jabs, okay? By the end of 2022, we should be basically completely back to normal. Now, how does normal look to you, Bill? The what the psychological damage that it has done to people. Yeah, I don't know if it would whatever games, let me just say this. It's just a lot of games out here that were being played this year. Mr. Gates said in an interview for Polish uh, newspaper Gazeta uh, Waborka and television broadcast TVN24, his most recent comments come just weeks after Mr. Gates said in an interview on social media app Clubhouse that he thought people should look at changing their behavior in a significant way in the spring or summer this year. Mr. Gates, who stepped down as chairman of Microsoft in 2014, through his philanthropic uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, committed at least $1.7 billion to global response of COVID-19 pandemic. Okay, wow. This, that, it's very interesting about Bill out here talking. I mean, you know what I feel about Bill, okay? Y'all know, I think this is, I think it's strange. I think, I think him going around telling what he thinks is kind of weird, but... You know, it is what it is. Okay, we're going to take a short break real quick because I need to get a story up that I didn't have up. So I'm going to take this short break. I will be back in just a moment. But meanwhile, we're going to listen to Max because Max, you know, Max did a great performance uh, last night of Ascension, but we're going to listen to something, something, okay? It's the CC Show. I'll be back in a moment.
having continuously interruptions. <laughs> I am back on the CC show, you guys, and got it together. Okay, here. Okay, we're talking about Bill, Bill Gates. Y'all know how I feel about Bill. Bill shows up, he says his piece, and then it usually happens. So probably this summer, maybe we'll get a concert or two. I don't know. Bill says okay. He says you may have, but you won't get back completely to normal, whatever that may look like in Thanos' world <laughs> by 2022, okay? Uh, whatever. Okay. So uh, let's talk about Rachel Dolezal, okay? In a film about black beauty, and this is according to Yahoo.com, societal pressures in today's cultures and stereotypes that black women have been pigeonholed into for decades. Perhaps one of the last people you expect to appear on your screen would be Rachel Dolezal. But there she was, the infamous race faker in the new documentary, Subjects of Desire, by director Jennifer Holness that premieres this week at XSXW. Dolezal struck national outrage and bewilderment in 2015 when it was uncovered that despite presenting herself as a black woman, she was, in fact, white. So her cameo in the predominantly black film is a head-scratcher, especially when she weighs in on feeling scared of white men and feeling that she had been forced into a white mold. Wholeness agrees it may seem like an out-of-left-field decision, but explains that if her film was going to examine appropriation and beauty standards shifting to include what's commonly associated with black features, such as curvy bodies and full lips, Dolezal had to be included. It wasn't a commercial thought, she tells the Daily Beast. It wasn't like I thought, oh, my God, if I put her in, it would be controversial. Hmm. No, not at all. I'm doing a film on black women and beauty, and this is the first time I've come across a white woman pretending to be black for 10 years when there wasn't a massive financial benefit. Well, she should read because uh, there is plenty of of, uh, other people that have gotten financial benefit off of pretending to be black. Actually, it's two more stories. There's a journalist and there was a professor. And Rachel Dolezal did get some financial benefit. Rachel Dolezal was one of the heads of the NAACP chapter in her hometown. Rachel was probably kind of a bit up in the upper echelon. So what she's talking about, I don't know. And I don't know what she would include her in the documentary. Unless she's going to talk about how Rachel Dolezal uh, uh, moved, has a light-skinned black, moved in light-skinned black privilege because she couldn't cut the mustard over in white woman privilege, okay? So she came over and tried to move in light-skinned in our shortcomings because black America has shortcomings with having light skin privilege and shit like that. So she comes over here and, uh, and, and begins to, uh, has a white woman abuse an already horrible privilege of light skin. Okay. The st- standard of beauty historically has been white and that has been protected and upheld. So someone who has, has that standard, She's blind with freckles and green eyes and stepped away from that. There's something there. There's nothing there. Not at all. Blind with green eyes, there is nothing there. Rachel, there was something going on with Rachel that did not work in white society, okay? And Rachel found the pressure to be too much to be a white blonde woman. So she came where, and she may have found the competition too much, okay? So what she did was she moved over into 
a black space, pretended to be a light-skinned black woman where she felt she would get lots of attention, this is my personal opinion, and get movement in a way that is, is not, and it says something to our, us as black people. Now, she's re, if the documentary person is going to it, going going to it from that point of view about how we deal with beauty in terms of our own colorism problems and stuff like that, then I get it. But she doesn't sound like that. She's sounding like she's, and look, look, she she pretended to be black without any race, with any benefits. She just, she just, no, she had lots of benefits. There was lots of benefits to coming over and pretending to be a light skinned European looking. A black woman in, in in America. There are lots of benefits to that, okay? And if she came over and played that up, which is already a, a sick thing in our community. If she's approaching it from that, then that's smart. But approaching it from any other way, I don't see it, okay? Uh, and, uh, she said, that's not to say wholeness doesn't find, a, find what those all to did to be problematic, but she says to her credit, Dolazar is still living by all accounts as a black woman in spite of the hate that Dolazar describes being subjected to. It's like, it's almost like somebody wants to feel sorry for her. There is no feel sorry. There is no, there are black women struggling every day. Listen, this is a, a woman who could she comes over to black society. It's easy. I know what she did. She felt that she she didn't she she felt that they, that she seen the worship of the real worship of light skin privilege over in in black America. Okay, and there's a colorism problem here in black America. Okay, and so she played as a European. She came over and played on her her uh, her her. Played to be a white, played to be a light-skinned black woman because she knew she would get more privilege than she would as a blonde, green-eyed, plain-looking white chick in white society. There's a lot of blonde, blue-eyed girls in white society. There's a lot of blonde, green-eyed girls that gave her, in her mind, some competition that she could not work with. And it wasn't to me that she loved black people so much that she came over. No, she saw some sort of benefit for herself. And if she says she doesn't see no benefit, she was able to move up in society where I don't think she would have been able to move up in the white world. For some reason, she there was something over there that she felt she couldn't be. I don't think she wanted to be a black woman just because I just want to be black. I don't believe that at all. As a matter of fact, I almost think Rachel Dolezal was a spy. I thought, you know, I ain't going to lie. I think she's an avatar. She's continuing to play her role in society. But... That's you know that's that's my conspiracy theory out here in these streets. <laughs> okay, uh, cast for Tyler Perry's male stripper drama All the Queens Men revealed. Uh, this is according to Yahoo. They says Tyler Perry produced male stripper drama All the Queens Men is set to premiere this summer, and the cast has familiar faces. One of Tyler Perry's latest projects is underway. Tyler the Perry produced male stripper drama. All the Queens Men is set to premiere this summer, and the cast uh, is let me see it says. Uh, is based on a book. Oh, it's based on a book titled "Ladies Night," which follows Marilyn Madame Deville, who heads Club Eden and is known in the nightclub industry. She's all, she she also has a lawyer crew who supports her. So at the top of her game, she soon learns where money brings more problems. The show was created by Christian Keys. Ooh, thank look at Tyler. I just want to shout because he's got a bunch of new uh, creators and writers. All right, and it says Eva Marcel plays the head honcho, Madame. Marilyn DeVille, entertainer Michael Bolo, Bollywood plays a top stripper at the club that gets cozy with a patron. Uh, 
It says, Candace Maxwell, who has appeared on Power, plays the resident DJ, DJ Diamond, mentor of Madeline De- uh, DeVille. Uh, so that's really good. Okay, I'm exci- I, this sounds exciting. Okay, I'm, I'm kind of I'm kind of for it, Tyler. Sounds a little exciting. It looks like it's gonna be good. I love the idea of Eva playing this. Oh, e, yes, I love it. I love it. Okay, Tyler, I see that you're gonna put this shit on BET Plus. See, this is the bullshit I'm talking about. BET has not been able to give good, solid programming on this regular fucking channel. Now it's going to have the nerve enough to have a BT Plus and then sell us, sell us their best shows in, in 100 years on BT Plus. The nerve. While giving us the oval, the oval's ass on BT. <laughs> Ungrateful bitches. Okay, at BT. I said it. Viacom. Ungrateful. <laughs> a mess. A whole mess, right? Uh, Bill Gates predicts uh, a world will. I already, we already talked about that. Okay, that one. Uh, where else are we at here? What's the other one? Is it okay? It's uh, is it what's his name? It's the dude, uh, Little Miles. Okay, Little Miles, Little Miles, little ass. Y'all, y'all mad at his little ass? Okay, no, we didn't talk about Jane Fonda. Okay, James liking them young. Okay, we gotta do that one real quick. Uh, James Fonda. <laughs> Jane Fonda always says it's a wild shit. <laughs> okay, let me just say this, okay? She's a wild one, okay? But uh, Jane Fonda says uh, she only uh, she would only like to have sex with younger men, okay? Uh, she says, in, and this is according to Yahoo too, it says in an interest in a new interview with Harper Bazaar, Jane Fonda reveals she's not really interested in having sex, but if she were going to, it would be with a younger man. I don't want to be in a relationship, a sexual relationship again, Father Tells Magazine for its latest cover. She continues, I don't have that desire. Do I fantasize? Yes. That I meet a professor or a researcher, somebody that, somebody in that line who is really capable of loving and cherishing a woman so that I could test myself and see if I could show up. That's when the iconic actor added her caveat. I think maybe now I could, but the problem is that like a man, I would want a younger man. Isn't that awful? It's a thing about skin. I would want a younger man, and I'm too vain. <laughs> <laughs> Elsewhere, the interview father says she realized at 83 years old that she's not capable of intimacy. Wow, you know what? Somebody else said the same thing, um, kind of implied it. I think it was, uh, 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 oh, God, uh Cicely Tyson kind of somewhat said this. She didn't say it like that. Oprah asked her about love, and she said, what is that, or something like that. It was sort of like the same thing. Wow, this is very interesting. Okay, but she said, it's not with them, it's with me. If a guy comes along and said, come on, Fonda, show up, I would have to run away scared. I was attracted to men who never would have done that to me because I couldn't necessarily show because they couldn't necessarily show up themselves. I didn't know that at the time, but now I know. I don't think I can do anything about it now. Jane Fonda was married three times to Ted Turner from 1991 to 2001, to Tom Hyadine from 1973 to 1990, and to Roger Vadum from 1965 to 1973. She had a son from her marriage to Hyadine uh, and a daughter from her marriage to Vadum, okay? Oh, baby mama. Oh, but she was married. On how her relationship to motherhood has changed over the years, she told Harper's Bazaar, I think about it every day. It's the one main thing about my past I think about almost every day. And I tell you, one thing that's keying it off 
is my son, who is 47. They just had their first child, and he's about a year and a half. And when I'm and when I watch my son and his wife Simone parent, I'm awestruck. It's also it also took what I didn't do. Okay, uh, this is interesting. I always find Jane Fonda very interested. She is she's always interested. So you guys uh, can check the rest of that interview out at Harper's Bazaar. Okay, she's she's an interesting older woman. I, she's lived too. I like that that energy. You know. Of an older woman, I think Jane Jane would have some sex in these streets. Okay, she's a wild one. Okay, she's a, she's talking about she would the man she was ready to have sex with was Marvin Gaye. Okay, that's what she said. Okay, she said Marvin tried to get you know. Mm-hmm. Jane missed Jane said she missed that. Jane's a wild one. Okay, all right, let's talk about Lil Nas X out here. Lil Nas X, oh, I, I, we were supposed to be talking about CNN, the new law. Let me talk about this real quick. After, uh, it's just according to, uh, from CNN, this is from via Rise of Finch uh, via CNN. It says the new law imposes, uh, this is about the new voter law, new voter identification requirements for absentee ballots, empower state officials to take over local election boards, limit the use of ballot drop boxes, and makes it a crime to approach voters in line to give them food and water. Advocates say they were alarmed by measures that will allow any Georgian to uh, that won't allow that will allow any Georgian to lodge an unlimited number of challenges to voter registrations and eligibility, saying it could be a, put a target on voters of color. And Democrats in Georgia Senate on Thursday lambasted measures of the state elections board and allow uh, lawmakers to saw his replacement, giving lawmakers three or five appointments. Voting rights groups argued that granting the state new powers over county elections uh, books the tradition of local control and can lead to a scenario in which state officials swoop in to prevent a county from uh, certifying its election results. Another provision uh, shortens the runoff cycle from the current nine weeks to just four weeks. Uh, here's the thing. Some of these things I see as unfair. Some of them I see as uh, I can understand because what, what they're having is not about laws. It used to be about laws to attack, you know, black Americans. But now black Americans don't understand your advocacy is not for you anymore. Okay? They've already got you controlled, and they already know who you're going to vote for. Your advocacy is not for you, and they already know how you vote and cycle when you show up and when you don't. They already understand that about you. This is about illegal uh, illegal immigrants. The thing has now changed to illegal immigrants. And what Democrats have black people out here doing is fighting the battle for each, so they can have more illegal immigrants. It's very tricky because what's going on is black people have have had their votes suppressed many times, many years, over the years. Uh, and, there's, and there's been a lot of things that's been thrown at black voters. However, uh, now Democrats are trying to get a new voter block, and they know that the advocacy groups are Af- African-Americans. African-Americans will advocate for, for themselves, you know. So they use African-Americans now to advocate all these laws come in, while African-Americans don't understand you are setting it up so that you are not the, the majority Democratic voter anymore and that they have access to not only legals to vote, non-citizens because they're going to make it easy for anybody to vote so democrats won't feel they'll feel more at ease with that and but they're having you advocate for your loss of power 
because you feel like you're advocating for yourself. You feel like it's about you, but it's not about you anymore. That's what black people don't understand. It's not about you anymore. They already understand your vocal side vocal cycles. You're almost a lost cause to Democrats and Republicans because they kind of get you now. And you haven't made them guess or you haven't worked real hard in a number of years uh, for yourself. They get you. You're no longer fighting for you. They're not trying. They're telling you they're trying to vote black black people. Oh, it's about you because you showed up in the Georgia election. It's about you. You sent the black senator to the thing. But it's not about you. It's about illegal immigration now. And they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna use you to pass these lawsuits while cheering you on and saying black people they're trying to take you back to Jim Crow, but at the same time the Democrats are trying to take you back to Jim uh, Jim a little bit back because what they're trying to do is get rid of you as their power base. They really want to bring in another voting block that they don't have to depend on black people who have become, you know, easy for us to get. And we don't have to even promise them anything. I mean, let's just use what they do have, and that's their advocacy and their race issues, and we can fool them to get in a new block of voters. And then when we get our power structure in for these other voters, we can throw their asses away. They're already doing that now. You're not the main focus anymore. You're hearing Asians. You're hearing it's all about immigrants, illegal immigration. You got people at the border. They right now, they putting people in illegal immigrants in hotels. When you got a whole fucking skid row down there in uh, 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 Los Angeles and other places across this country, but they and and fifty percent of homeless people are black in America. But these motherfuckers is going out here and putting people up who are illegal, okay? So black people, they've already sold you down the river, and they got you doing the work for their new base. Oh, it's ugly. It's ugly out in these streets. But you'll realize it one day. But I hope it's not too late, okay? Now let's talk about little uh, Nas X, okay, as we end the show tonight, okay? He told y'all talking about him uh, 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 getting saved in the lap then. And this is what it's according to Bible. It says there are a lot of things going on in the world that people should probably be concerned about. This is what he's saying, I guess. Instead of some folks choose to focus on things like completely fake music videos and who other people choose to love. I don't know if this is this is something Bible wrote. It said, um, it says Lil Nas X has received his fair share of praise and admiration since coming out, but of course he's also been heavily criticized by many others. We think he's pushing some narrative to turn all our children gay. I don't think that at all. I think at some point that the video is is a little crazy. Okay, I think it it becomes it's more about it. It seeming like it's trying to break down inhibitions, and I think that's and I think that's all. A lot of things. It's not just him. Uh, on, on Friday, he dropped his most highly anticipated release yet, Montero, "Call Me by Your Name," and I also think he's trying to get away from the Old Town Road thing, so he's desperate along with the company music video, which only further drove people crazy. Has fans praised the singer for dropping such a unique and mystifying visual? Those at the other end of the spectrum went in on Lil Nas X for promoting satanic imagery, okay? And you know what? A lot of these artists have been doing that. And has artists, you know, a lot of artists, I don't know. You know, a lot of people out here already think y'all part of cults. 
and y'all doing crazy shit. Y'all, they think y'all giving sacrifices. They think y'all worshiping faith. They think y'all lighting candles. And a lot of y'all might be. Shit, I don't know. Shit, a lot of y'all might be uh, calling spirits in y'all ass. Because some of y'all, that's why some of y'all be getting high and drunk because the spirits is already, the spirits is, is trying to feed. Okay, and y'all, y'all gonna get these, let these devils come in, fuck with y'all head, okay? Promising y'all fame while they take over. You ain't gonna get to enjoy the fame because the demons got it. But, you know, I digress. I'm not saying that's what's going on with little Nas, but, you know, I think there is some spiritual truth to some things. I think that some people are uh, playing with energy and things that they know nothing, they, they don't understand. And little Nas I mean, I mean, not, this is a desperation attempt, okay? Uh, you know, and it can be offensive to some people religiously. But like I said, I think this is an opportunity for you to talk, for people to talk to their children. I said this on the show, talk to your children, have sit down, watch the video with your kids who are old enough and mature enough to take it in and they're not triggered by it and have a discussion about sexuality, uh, religion, uh, the lap dancing on the devil and everything like that, and you know, and that you know, I do believe spiritually you provoke things, and maybe you know, and, hey, if he's okay with it, he okay with it. But uh, he said the artist described the video as unapologetically queer. No, I I don't see it as queer. I see it has. I think <laughs> I just see it has a kind of being provocative. Okay, along with being packed with biblical references and sex up imagery. Right. Including the scene from which Lil Nas X Lil Nas gives a lap dance to Satan. Cute. Now if he did something with for you know, with Jewish stuff, you know he know he been ran out of town, okay? Or Muslim stuff, okay, you could Christianity is very tolerant. Okay. Lil Nas X has never shied away from addressing his haters directly, talking about the controversy in the series of tweets. He said, I spent my entire teenage years hating myself because of the shit y'all preach would happen to me because I was gay, he tweeted. So I hope you are mad. Stay mad. Feel the same anger you teach us to have towards yourself. This is not why he does this. Uh, y'all be caught. He's not doing this because he feels like he, he he did a video. He's saying this video is just saying, hey, now y'all been saying I'm going to hell. Well, let me go down to hell with gasoline draws on it. That's how you feel like you want to do. Okay. Uh, but... I feel like you did this imagery, nothing. I think you're trying to attach the gay shit to it, but I think you did this imagery to get away from your old town role, uh, like a Disney kid. Uh, you're trying to get away from that old town role shit because a lot of little kids like it, and you're trying to keep, stop from being a one-hit wonder, and you came up with something provocative that not only is sexual, uh, that promote, that has a lot of sexual innuendo in it, but it also is going to be provocative. It's an old Madonna trick, okay? It's, it's also going to be provocative because it picks at uh, the uh, religion, particularly the Christian faith. So you can do that bullshit. You know you can get away with it with Christianity, but you won't try that shit with no Muslims. You know, you ain't going to try that. They be, they be searching your ass to be under uh, probably protection out here. And so they, you be getting stuff from around <laughs> around the world. You won't try no shit like that with the Jews, because they'd be immediately, immediately calling you anti-Semitic. You won't try, but y'all, y'all, Christianity people talk a lot of shit about Christianity. But Christianity is a very tolerant religion. And Christianity yeah, uh, uh, does not is 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 not coming. It may say people may talk shit back or whatever like that, but it doesn't come. You know, it doesn't come that hard like it used to back in the day. Hey, I say this is all lies, okay? 
about the reasons he said he did it. Maybe he do say, well, they say I'm going to go to here. Let me, let me show him something. I personally think this is a desperate point in his career, and he needed to do this. He, like every Disney kid, like Miley Cyrus, started running around here naked so, and all kind of crazy things. So she can run around with black rappers so she can get away from being Hannah Montana. Hannah Montana made that little, that, that helped a lot of money. But that helper was ready to grow up and be mighty sorry. So she had to start acting like she was something extreme to get fucking attention. All the Disney kids do. Okay. Zendaya even did it in a kind of weird way with, but she did it more in the actress way, but when she started going towards stuff like, uh, what's the show? I forget the show. I really like it. I forget the name of it, but with the drug show. But that was her trying to come up at, Zendaya's done it a little bit more classy than most, but all these Disney kids do that shit to try to get out of these uh, these these things made for you. And that's a good way to do it, but he went extreme because he's at a very desperate points in his career. I mean, he's been doing a lot of desperate shit on Twitter and stuff like that. So it it surprised me, people, and it shouldn't surprise y'all. It's really not that Listen, it's not that what you got to do with this dude is not making that big of a deal. Prove him wrong. I mean, I wouldn't, you know, he he's doing this because he's getting a lot of views. He's getting a lot of spins right now. Uh, I mean, <laughs> he's getting a whole lot of stuff, people talking it's just, uh, like I said, it is a, an old Madonna trick. Madonna used to do this shit years ago. Remember Like a Prayer when she did the Like a Prayer video and she had the black dude from uh, Five Heartbeats. What's the dude? I forget his name. She had uh, him in there and she was, she was being sexually exotic and stuff. Now people dance in temples all the time. Y'all don't think nothing about it. But Madonna was doing this bullshit back in the 80s, okay? It was an old trick she used to do. She used to get people all mad and shit. And Madonna was sitting, Madonna ended up selling out concerts. Now, this is just bullshit. But it's an old Madonna trick. It's old. It's old. It's old Madonna marketing, okay? Madonna used to do some wild shit. Madonna Madonna was so wild back in the 80s. Madonna's ass sold a sex book. Nobody could see in this shit. She wrote the book, and she literally sold that shit in the 80s for like $60 or something like that. That was high in the 80s. That was like $200 a day, okay? <laughs> That's and people was literally going around like people was charging people to look at the book. I remember in eighty people would bring it to work and stuff or bring it to school. People was trying to charge people a couple of dollars, two, three dollars to look at the book, four or five dollars so they can make their money back. This bitch made a whole book. The Madonna was the provo- Madonna, that shit you doing ain't new. Madonna was the provocateur provocateur. She was the provocative queen, okay? You bitches ain't got Madonna was doing that shit a long time ago. So y'all can go out of here with that. You can go out of here a little, uh, little Nas. Just try to make a good-ass son. This is the problem with these kids. We're talking about Beyonce. Beyonce is continue kind of, at least Beyonce is a little, Beyonce now, wait a minute, I ain't going to deal with this much. I ain't going to die with this much. Beyonce got some good sons. I'm just saying that she focuses more, much more on marketing. And part of that is the, part of that is the, the Beyonce marketing has created the little fucking knobs, okay? And this all came from Michael Jackson marketing. It's the bullshit that they do today. It's what you little kids do today. You don't focus on putting out good-ass music. You don't focus on trying to restore yourself. You, there's a number of ways you can make people look, make you look different than lap dancing on Satan and, and, and fucking pro- provoking spirits because that's what you're doing. 
you can you there's a lot of things you could have did, but you chose this route. I hope it was worth it for you, okay? But uh, you know, you could have promoted worked on you. Old Town Road was very creative. You could have gotten a studio and said, you know, I'm gonna work on getting some real stuff, put some real music down, and work on changing my image. I might do a little bit of a provocative video, but it is what it is. I mean, but no, he went left. Look at some a group like the Internet. Okay, the Internet. I I remember. Yeah, we're gonna go. Listen, I'm going on break and I'm going into overdrive. I hope I get to continue this in overdrive. I'm only gonna take a few minutes in overdrive. If I cut off, that means I have to see y'all next week. But I'm gonna say, I'm gonna talk about this uh, in overdrive. If you are listening to the show right now, you're gonna have to catch it. Uh, you're gonna have you can listen to me and stay on the line. But for those of you who are listening to the uh, computer. Uh, you're gonna have to catch it in over. You have to catch it in overdrive. As soon as I get off the show, uh, which will be about in five minutes, you can go. Probably about ten minutes or fifteen minutes, you can go listen to the show uh, and see hear the ending. Okay, so I'll see y'all for the rest of y'all listening to the computer. I'll see y'all next. Uh, see y'all next week. Uh, for everybody else, let's go into overdrive. This is Donnell Jones. You know that I love you. I'm out. See ya. But that, I just wanted to end the show real quick and come into overdrive. Listen, what I was saying about little uh, little Nas is that there's a there's a group called the Internet out, and they are it was a girl that was the leader, and she did what people claim Maxwell wanted to do. Remember, people were talking about like, the rumor was that I always want to ask Maxwell this too. Shit, because I you know if I ever got an interview with Maxwell, I'd ask you this shit for real. I'd say, did you really want to put an album that was because the rumor was that he wanted to put out an album. The reason it took him so long with the Pretty Wings album or something, they said that Sony did not want him to put out an album that talks about men, men or or sexually or women sex. I don't know if that's a true statement. That's some uh, uh, some bullshit y'all been putting around here on all the lipstick alleys and all this other shit for years. It used to be it was this rumor that the reason he Sony said no to him because hey, you not you not you a sex symbol, ain't we ain't gonna have no bullshit. You talking about me and shit, okay? Now I don't know if that that's the damn truth or not. I don't know, but there is a group where a girl has the lead on the internet who did just that. They put out an album where she's talking to a female, and everybody. I went to. I remember I went to the first time to see the internet, and especially 
everybody was in there singing that shit. I mean, everybody was so, even though they, she's gay, you know, you she's talking about a woman, all the women were singing, all the men were singing it. Nobody noticed anything. Very creatively done, okay? She's gay. She gay, and she's singing a song about being gay. She and it was a very and little Nas X. If you wanted to sing, so you could have did something like that. You could have made an album that was creative, and so it's hard for a man to do it. But you ain't no sex symbol out in the streets. We already know you gay. You could have came up with something real creative and done something neat. Look at somebody. Like, I went to even see Jesse Smollett when I was at Essence. He was a he's a heck of a performer. So I like Jesse Smollett. Jesse Smollett was in there doing creative shit. Okay, he wasn't lap dancing on Satan's ass. I'm just saying, little boy, you 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 lack creativity, and you let them put you. You did some old Madonna shit, okay? And you know, I hope it works out for you. Okay, I hope it works out for you. I hope it it does exactly what it's supposed to do. I hope that you get all that you're supposed to get from it, because that's a hell of a price to pay. For invoking shit that you know. To, to to do so, I hope you did all of it. When you simply could have just been creative, like these people, like creative like the internet, creative like Jesse Smollett, Jesse Smollett, or something like that. You could have as a bisexual man, you don't have to be trapped. You could have went to somebody like Jesse Smollett or something like that, like that high high that song. What's that song he got high? Uh, that love song. That's that shit dope. Okay, like, I, that's what I'm just saying. There's a number of ways. You could have even, who's the other dude? He ain't been out since. I ain't seen his ass, but he put his last album on that good. They try, but everybody tried to act like shit he dropped. The boy, he said he was gay, bisexual. What's the, what's the boy's name? The, the one that got popular, he had a bunch of Grammy hits. Right after he said he was, he was bisexual. I forget, Ocean, Ocean. The Ocean boy, I forget his name. But you could have went to somebody like him, connected with somebody like him, and tried to be creative and come up with something creative and nice, but you you chose to be provocative. And now you got to keep that shit up. Because let me tell you something. That's what Madonna did her whole career, okay? She complete, She had great songs, but she kept up the provocative shit, okay? And that was what sold her, helped sell her ass, <laughs> okay? So it is what it is. That's it, child. <laughs> Oh, Derek Jackson. One thing I want to say on that, y'all, we were talking about that the other day. I said what I said. I wasn't trying to diss that female. I wasn't trying to diss his wife and take blame off of him. He completely has the blame. He is completely lied, ran around here and told people he was something that he wasn't. I get all of that, okay? But what I was saying about her while she was out here trying to defend his shit, she is not being smart, okay? Coming on the, the on the online talking about I got on that head play devices and all that and she's making herself look crazy and she's setting herself up for him in the future to take kids maybe take her whole livelihood and then playing that tape and saying she kind of touch I don't want my kids but she she can get childhood because she only been married to, to him since 2018 so she kind of setting herself up by looking crazy she ain't really doing spiritual warfare she's doing she's looking crazy in my opinion okay and spiritual warfare to me at this point for her would be to love yourself and start putting yourself back together start looking good again, start caring for yourself again, because obviously that's something you do all the time and you're okay with it if you showed up on camera like that. I'm just saying, yes, I got on her ass more because she was defending the shit. She was defending her mistreatment and trying to hide behind religion, okay? 
and and trying to have behind religion for looking bad. If you wanted your, if you really wanted your husband to look good, and you really was trying to help your husband out, I don't know. If you really were saying, hey, we we still trying to work it out and be together, you would have showed up as your best self when you were sitting next to him, and you would have showed up looking good and say, hey, he he did a lot, he's done a lot of dirty things. We praying, we're trying to get together, blah 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 blah, whatever. But you showed up looking. Talking about he was doing more. Girl, you didn't look like he was doing more. You looked like you rolled over, got out of bed, and he said, can you sit down with me? And you sat down with him. And the fact that he let you go on camera like that is crazy as fuck. Okay? I said what I said, and I said what I said, and I don't apologize. I wouldn't try. I did get on her the most because she, at this point, calling herself a spiritual person, should know where the warfare really is at. The warfare is in you, sir. You got to get it together. On that helmet of, sal- the helmet of salvation, what is it, in the breastplate of truth? Is it the breastplate of truth? I forget. Put on the front of the truth, girl, and get some truth going through that helmet. <laughs> Whatever. Let me go. This show's a mess. I am out. You guys have a wonderful rest of your weekend. Enjoy it. Remember, I may take a break here. So if y'all don't hear from me next week, I always say this. I end up doing another show. Man, if I if y'all don't hear from me, make sure in the next couple weeks, make sure you check out the archive shows. Okay, go back and listen to the ones you missed. Okay, I'm sure there's some crazy ones out there. Okay, I'm out. Y'all have a wonderful weekend. And remember, if you want to hit me up, hit me up on the Carlotta Chatwood Facebook page. You can also hit me up at Carly's underscore Galaxy on Twitter. And you can hit me up, no, Carly's underscore Galaxy on Instagram, sorry, and Carlotta72 and C Chatwood Show on Twitter. That's two different accounts. I mostly work the C Chatwood Show when Follow both of them because that's the one I mostly, on C-Chat with show, I mostly uh, post uh, stories and stuff like that. Every blue moon I go to Carlisle, 72 side, okay? But y'all can follow both of them. Also, um, you can, remember, you can also reach me at, if you want to reach me about a show or anything like that, it's through the Carlisle Chatwood Facebook page, okay? Uh, other than that, somebody asked me the other day, if you want to reach me other than any ways, like about a show or something, and send me something, uh, you can reach me at my email, okay, Carlotta underscore CM at SBCglobal.net, okay? You can reach me at that, all right? All right, you guys, you got something to send to me or something like that, all right? I see you guys. You guys have a good, good week, Chad. I got to go eat me something, Chad. I got to eat. Y'all like, Carlotta, you always talking about food. I sure am. Shit. Don't <laughs> I'm out, y'all. <laughs> we gonna leave out with Chloe and Haley, a godly hour. I'll see y'all. <laughs> Get up for me.